Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And it's time. Give me the breakdown. Oh yeah. Time to talk about some radios. That's hot. And some other things. Let's get started, shall we? Hello, Leah. Hello. I got you a delicious beer this episode. Yes, from Mother Earth Brew Co. The milk truck. It's a latte stout. That's exactly what I needed, some coffee. So I appreciate it. I've always wondered, is there actual caffeine? I think think the caffeine's gone, right, when it makes a beer. It's got to be, right? Why would it be gone, though? I don't know. Because you make coffee. That's how caffeine do. You you right? make coffee by adding hot water, right? Mm-hmm. 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 So mm-hmm. why would the caffeine disappear in the brewing process? I don't understand. Well, I'm Googling. Oh. Go, go straight to facts. Concerned about the amount of caffeine in your coffee stout? Bothered about the beans in your brew? It's long past your bedtime and you're reading this wondering why you can't seem to fall asleep? I've got news for you. Count some sheep, listen to relaxing tunes, but don't blame the beer. There's no caffeine in this? I don't think so. Wow. Yeah, I think that it is just a dark beer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's a beer that has caffeine in it. I mean, that was the whole basis of that Drew Carey show, right? What? Buzz Beer. The brewery that they, <laughs> they made, Buzz Beer. And Four Loco. No. I mean... <laughs> Drew Carey in the Drew Carey show and his friends used to make a beer. It was their local beer called Buzz Beer. Mm, You know that Drew Carey show was a sitcom, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's not real. Well, you see, the man's name is Drew Carey. (laughs) And it's called the Drew Carey show. Yes. So it's about his life. It doesn't mean it's true. That was literally shot in Cleveland at his house, Cleveland, Ohio. Wow. This is of of all the things that you're. What is on your wrist? This what is, is my all new that writing. This is my new quirky QR. Well, thank you for asking. It's it's as though you were literally. She was not prompted to say anything about this, but um, why is it? I why have is there so much writing on your eye. I am wearing watch, the Apple Watch quirky QRP iPhone watch band, and you can select how quirky. That's right. You can select um, any of the single sideband frequency allocations from your from your or, watch, or the CW frequency allocations, which is what I have here. Wait, from it's your the, watch? Well, no, it's. I mean, it's it's written on the the label. Oh, oh. it's it's a reference guide for. I see. I see the frequency coordination. All right, the informal band plan, if you will. In- interesting. And so that's available on Etsy if you Google Quirky QRP. Well, way to branch out, Quirky QRP, into I mean, it's still ham radio. Oh, into yes. Yeah. They also have a really nice uh, mat mm. for your workbench. It's a really nice little uh, little gig they got going on there. That's what uh, somebody was asking Ham Tactical to do, to do those desk pad, the oversized desk mouse pads. He, heard, like, he must have I'll heard see, that. I'll see what I can do, but I did not do. Uh-huh. And I'm glad somebody did. Quirky QRP did. Yeah. So there you go. Go check him out there on Etsy. 
So thanks, everybody, for clicking on the Ham Radio Crash Course. We like to start off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today's <laughs> minute is on build a parts bin or build a, parts a, a bin, bin is the wrong term, but build some kind of way that you can save little loose bits or when the next time you go to the Get a tackle box. Not a tackle box. Like the little drawers. You know, the little oh. little divided drawers that you can put little bits in. Because inevitably you're gonna get a radio kit and you're gonna build it perfectly, but there's gonna be extra parts that were supplied mm, in the kit. Mm. Put them somewhere that you can actually keep them separated. Mason jars. No, don't just throw it all into a vessel. Like have them distributed into other things. I put them in small mason jars and then and then mount a magnetic strip to the underside of your a shelf no. in your no. ham shack and then you can have clear mason jars really good for people with ADHD actually no. little and doom you, jar no you can put it in separate jars and then just stick it underneath your shelf no Go go with what I'm saying here, which everything is separated. It's yeah, got to keep it separated. Yeah. When you go to the hardware supply store and you get a, a box of, you know, screws, machining screws or whatever, well, you're yeah. going to have leftovers. So put those in their own little drawer so that you can just go back to the but drawer. The drawers take like table space. Yeah. But and jars. You're, uh, you, you, no, no, this jar thing is a bad idea. Back in the day, like, gran like my grandfather would take old jars yeah. and he'd take the lids yeah. and he'd hammer a nail through it That's in the underside and then you'd screw the jar oh. into the, the the lid. That was the old way. I like it. No. Plus they're free. Jars are free. I don't know if everybody knows this, but uh, somebody in they're your house- They're not free. Somebody in your house is collecting jars. I guarantee it. <laughs> you may not know who. But find them. Yes. And get their jars. <laughs> They're highly covetous of these jars, though. So you're going to have to sneak it. No, they'll be so grateful. Like the jars Smaug. Finally came in handy. <laughs> like Smaug, your grandmother, do. not piles of gold that they covet, cleaned out jars of ragu. You're not going to have to sauce. fight them for it, though. They're just going to be so grateful. You'll have to use the one ring that one day to go invisible that they believed would happen to steal the jars <laughs> back. Yes. No, no. It well, here's be like that at all. Here's my argument for the parts bin, whatever you want to call this, right? Subdivided parts bin. I got the ICOM IC905. ICOM lent it to me. I have it. And I wanted to test out one of the higher frequency bands. And I realized I don't have an antenna for the band that I can actually do like a test on, that I, that I had a radio that could receive the signal from. Oh, my goodness. So I had to build what myself. What did you do? I had to build myself a 23-centimeter <laughs> antenna, something I've never done before. But I used... Incredible. I used a what basic... What an effort. I, shut up. I used a basic... <laughs> Simple ground plane design, right? And just kind of snipped very, 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 very lightly snipped how so, until how I got it perfectly tuned. very precise of you. Very tuned it right up. But it was only thanks to my parts bin that I realized I had a coax bulkhead connector 
Well, didn't that come in handy? It did. It was fantastic. <laughs> I'm, you're mocking me, but I'm not mocking. Everything worked out. Why everything must, worked out fine. Why must my support sound like mocking? It's the way you say it. <laughs> it's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. I'm saying all the right things. All the right things. <laughs> it's the way you're saying all the right things that makes it sound not so right. So anyway, encourage you to take a look. Honestly, it doesn't have to be expensive. You can go to Harbor Freight and they've got these little subdivided drawers and all that stuff. I don't know why I'm saying, you know, they are subdivided within their own drawer. So yeah, that counts. The uh, Plano boxes, going back to Leia's tackle box idea. I don't like the the floppy tackle box or the whole like things lift out, but the oh, individual yeah. plastic the ones Plano where they boxes. have the um, the compartments that the you dividers. change the size on. Yeah, the dividers. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's an okay idea too. I could yeah. I could get behind that. And will double as a to go charcuterie box, so. a snackle box, yes. if you will. If they call it. <laughs> that's right. So a reminder to everybody: if you're if you're interested in the ham radio nets, the HRCC runs two nets a week. We do a Dose. Thursday. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we run a digital voice net, and it can be found at hrcc.link, L-I-N-K. Yes, that is a URL. If you go there, it'll explain how you can join in on the fun. It starts at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. People start to coalesce slash congregate around that time. And if you're interested in HF on Fridays at around the same time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, everybody starts getting together on the hrcc discord in the hashtag hf-net chat room and you'll see a whole bunch of people chatting and that's your cue to know that a net is about to go down so there you go Leia, would you like to take a test? oh we're already on this part Whew. it's literally the second segment in the so, new format it's so rapid it's, you just don't even have time to think you know it's <laughs> really a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. You know, I, I try to match our vacations to what the kids are going to be learning mm -hmm. in the next school year. Sure. And Ben, going into fourth grade, that's when you learn about your state history. Fifth grade is U.S. history or, you know, I, I don't know what it is in other countries, but <laughs> that's this is kind they, of. Everyone learns U.S. history. The most important country in the world. At I mean, least they, that's, they what, learn that's what everyone in other countries believe we think about our country. Well, they learn different things about what the U.S. has done <laughs> than we do. <laughs> uh, but and then I think world history is sixth grade. Fun thing we found out, the mission project is over. No more mission project. The, I don't know if that's the mission a COVID has been completed. Thing. I don't know if that's a COVID thing or just this. Uh, in, in California, because the missions were such a large part of the development of the state, mm -hmm. they, the missions go up and down the coast, really. Mm -hmm. Yes. Every fourth grader had to make a diorama of yes. their either chosen or assigned mission. If you were lucky, and we're talking, you got a, a box big. mission, like one of those real simple, very piously unornamental uh, mm -hmm. one. That's those were the. Right. <laughs> it was the kids' parents who got like San Juan Capistrano that just got <laughs> just oh. decimated. 
just absolutely decimated. <clears throat> Growing up, I remembered the year. It was like fourth grade. Yeah, it's always fourth grade. And you, you roll into that like it was the first week they hit you with the mission project. And you're like. Oh, because you have to prepare. Oh, yeah. No, this is months yeah. long. And this is before the time Parents online shopping. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So you were going to craft stores. And if your parents were savvy, model train stores. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. For the foliage and yes. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Exactly. In my case, we went to Games Workshop mm. and we got Warhammer 40K. Checks uh, out. Destroyed buildings. Yeah. Detritus. <laughs> uh, That's what the missions look like now. That's right. <laughs> but <laughs> we added graffiti. And. Uh, and the grip that this project actually has, at least in our area of Southern the, California. The fear that parents have to no, go through. No, I mean, Knott's Berry Farm, which is probably one of the uh, more well-known amusement parks. Of the berry farms. Parks. It is the most well-known berry farm. <laughs> there are missions throughout the entire park. They, like big they dioramas. They professionally yes. built dioramas. Yes. Right? And if you go to most, I wouldn't say all libraries, but a lot of city libraries will just have the missions projects sitting on top of the bookcases. Yes, I right? was the, just going to say that. Particularly yes. nice ones. Like we're right? talking. So the, the point that I was going to get to is material of what you make the mission out of mm -hmm. becomes a very interesting tactic that people play. Right. One of the options, one of the recommended options is sugar cubes. Do you remember the sugar cube missions? That was a dumb idea. There is, there, in the school <laughs> I went to, there was a sugar cube mission that is like, at the time I was there, was already like 10 years old. Yes, because you go into the school in the offices or the, the school offices. libraries, yep. Yep. and they would keep the best missions projects, mm -hmm. right? As inspiration. But all that everybody ever thought was, a kid did not build that. No. <laughs> That was a parent that is into building models of things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or a grandfather. Yes. Yeah. Like, let's take it over to train grandpa trainee. <laughs> Fomer grandpa. Fomer grandpa. That's it. So I, of course, for this summer, picked a weekend where we go up the Central Coast. We'll go visit Grammy and go do all of the Santa Barbara local missions. Because mm -hmm. the Santa Barbara missions are particularly beautiful. Right? Okay. And then I was like, well, we've got we've to gotta go to San Francisco. Because it's actually such an important part of California history. California's gold. Yeah. And uh, so I booked the flights dirt cheap mm -hmm. on uh, Southwest. It's like $100 round trip, which is... The only cheaper place you could fly at this point, I think, is Vegas, which is sure. not relevant to California history. No. So this is what you call a gold rush. <laughs> Just keep playing the slot machine. This is they the golden nugget. They, do, they don't even drop coins anymore, the slot machine. So whatever. Right. Uh, and then I'm like, OK, well, we'll stay in Union Square near where the cable cars are. Mm -hmm. Right. And I book uh, a Hilton hotel that has a, a rooftop pool so you could set up your antennas or whatever on the rooftop. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I'm always thinking of you, babe. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's going to be fun for me. Yeah. Fun for you. 
Fun for me. It's a, a very tall building. So. Excellent. <laughs> so lightning strike imminent because it's always overcast and, and rainy in San Francisco. Oh, it depends on which microclimate you're in. So. Yeah. And so I call mm-hmm. to, and I have a very hard time reaching the hotel because that's not how these chains work anymore. They right. It goes to, to like central. central operator. Yeah, yeah. So I finally reached the hotel and I'm like, okay, so like, is it safe? <laughs> because the the uh, CEO of Cash App didn't he or one of the founders of Cash App didn't he just get unalived in San Francisco by stabbing? Right. Was that near your hotel? <laughs> like just you know questions. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> the front desk lady pauses. She's like, "Well, uh, I'm sure you've heard." About the uh, current situation in San Francisco, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you. And she's like, as long as you're not out at night, you're fine. <laughs> and you still book this? Well, I mean, it's all San Francisco that's like this. So we shouldn't go to any of San Francisco. No, as long as we're inside at night, we're fine. This is. <laughs> I'm not okay with this. And uh, and then she's like, well, you know, the tenderloin is nearby. So as long as you, as you just go towards Union Square, you'll be fine. <laughs> I don't like a, a town <laughs> that has something called the tenderloin. <laughs> it's a little rough there. <laughs> Okay, this is this is not sounding good, Leah. We're gonna have a great time on the cable I'm, cars. I was not worried about this. Now I am worried <laughs> about this. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be. Where all do we good. eat dinner? Well, it won't be dark at dinner time. So then we finish up eating and then just sprint. <laughs> no, we take the cable car back. The ca- no, <laughs> you know how slow that thing is. Yeah, but you can just like hey. it can't do evasive move uh, maneuvers. <laughs> it's on a cable. It's gonna be fun. This is I gonna did great. not realize this. Yeah, was... I'm trying to book a trip to Muir Woods though. I don't care. The cable cars don't go there. Just so you know, that's beyond its capabilities to go. There. I'm not liking any of this. We should continue with your test. Oh, well, nothing's refundable. So. <laughs> we're gonna take you should continue with the test that's fine i don't want to talk about this anymore (laughs) i'm not kidding i'm happy i'm not kidding (laughs) it's gonna be fine it's go ahead take the test i have cousins that live there it's gonna be great take your test okay I'm in question six of 35 which of the following is a disadvantage of using wind as a primary source of power for an emergency station. A, the voltage and current ratings of such systems are not compatible with amateur equipment. B, a large energy storage system is needed to supply power when the wind is not blowing. C, the conversion efficiency from mechanical energy to electrical energy is less than 2%. Or D, all of these choices are correct. Hmm. I mean, I know for sure B is right. 
Okay. I don't know anything about the the voltage and current ratings of a wind power system. Okay. And if the conversion efficiency of mechanical energy to electrical energy is less than 2%, windmill farms are screwed, right? <laughs> like that's Okay, so I'm going to go. It's B. Good for you. Just got to work your way through it. Very good. Build these large bird killers for 2%. <laughs> All right. The next question reads, what happens to HF propagation when the luff exceeds the muff? Mm, you should know this. A, HF communications over the path are enhanced. B, no HF radio frequency will support ordinary sky wave communications over the path. C, double hop propagation along the path is more common, or D, propagation over the path on all HF frequencies is enhanced. The answer is B, no HF frequency will support the ordinary sky wave communications over the path mm -hmm. because the luff is over the muff. The <laughs> lowest usable frequency yes. <laughs> is over the maximum, maximum usable right. frequency. Right, so just logically. Right, that can't work. That's you right. You have nothing in between. Nothing in between. Mm. That's good. It's a good pod. Drinking from a straw like that. I um, I recently fell down a I'm sorry, rabbit did you get hurt? hole oh. of the double slit experiment. Yes. <laughs> I tried to explain this to you, and you were not interested I in it. I cannot stop thinking about I know. it. I am just. On it. I have showed you I that do. video and explained it to you multiple times and you were like not interested. What I, did it? I don't want to do anything right now, but just read all of the research papers. <laughs> that TikTok then is like the funniest TikTok. It's like the most smart and intelligent and ho most hilarious. Yes. The guy goes, yep, light is definitely a particle. And then the song starts playing. Uh -huh. But if you close your eyes. <laughs> and everybody goes I like, do ah! like it. And it's like, just... yes, because if you're not measuring it, mm -hmm. then it's it doesn't act like a particle anymore. It's it's, uh, it's fantastic. But the depth of the experiment mm -hmm. goes, okay, you're, we're going to have to explain it now. Do you want to try to explain this? Okay. Okay. You Part really, you're doing a lot to get out wave. to get out of taking this test. Got me all worried about crime. <laughs> now you're talking about <laughs> particle physics, which I'm okay, super everybody into. Just, you know, I so just... you went from you're you're bookending me emotionally. <laughs> I'm on a roller coaster, fearing for my life one minute to totally engage on hypothetical. <laughs> okay, so the idea is that. If you shoot particles through a slit, the right. particles are going to, and you shoot it onto a surface behind it, right? right? That it is going to create the shape of the slit. Right. Right. So a straight line on the paper or mm -hmm. whatever medium behind it. Right. right. So you could do this with water. In fact, well, that's one no, of the ways well, you visually represent it. No. No. Uh, yes. I mean, that's one of the ways you demonstrate it. No, for particles, it is a straight line. I understand. For And so you, they tried it with two slits. Mm -hmm. creates two lines. Mm -hmm. But then what about waves? So enter wave theory. Right. If you do the 
same thing with something like water mm-hmm. or how sound waves, right? Yes. It doesn't create two lines. It, it creates, creates a spectrum of lines right. with the middle being the darkest part. It's like when you drop a bunch of BBs into yeah. one of those pegboards yes. and they kind of line up as a parabola if you right. drop them in the same position, that kind of thing. Right. So light mm-hmm. when does they both <laughs> well it it does both in a very bizarre way because it, yes. if it is not being recorded and we're talking about down to like the photons yeah right so they tried it where they shot a bunch of photons uh-huh. and it did what waves do it, not what particles do Right. right. Okay. But then they were like, okay, well, let's record this. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out exactly why it's behaving like waves instead of particles. Like, right. how are they traveling? Mm-hmm. And once it was observed, it started behaving like a particle. Yes. And it created the lines. Yes. Okay. But they did an experiment in which they were not observing until a specific point mm-hmm. where it crosses the slit barrier yeah. right and it uh, and then it, it so there wouldn't there would have been no way for the concept of being recorded or right. observed how does it know then it behaves behaved like a particle right which would scientists believe means that the particles somehow went back in time yes yes this is this is kind of the basis for quantum theory and quantum entanglement okay right so it appears like they went back in time to it's before so fascinating. it is so fascinating it was recorded yes and Obviously, it's, conspiracy it's, theorists believe that that's how you prove we're in a simulation. Prove you're not a brain in a vat. It's the mind, mon- it's the mind body problem, right? That's the well, one of the arguments. But uh, so the the joke with the whole TikTok thing is it's based off of however you're recording it, mm-hmm. whatever your perception is, and we can't perceive these things with our eyes, right? So we have to use equipment. Yes. And depending on how you set up to observe mm-hmm. what it's doing, it will always show you what you think it's supposed to do based off of what how you're measuring it. Mm-hmm. And it is wild. Nobody is able to. And and we're talking about this. we're talking about in the two slits again. You're you're blasting it through two slits. Yes. You would expect it to be two lines, right? But it functions as a wave when you record it as a wave. And it functions as light when you record it as light in the, the lines. It's so weird. Ooh, it's so good. I'll drop the TikTok in the uh, in the Discord. You can just pull it up on the website. You don't have to have a TikTok to watch it. It is a big brain meme. It is very funny. It's a very good TikTok. All right. Well, now question eight of 35. Wow. <laughs> what are we going to talk about next, Leah? <laughs> How does forward error correction, FEC... <coughs> interestingly enough the light could be doing forward error correction <laughs> allow the receiver to correct errors in received data packets 
A, by using a parody bit with each character. B, by controlling the transmitter output power for optimum signal strength. C, by using Veracode character set. Or D, by transmitting redundant information with the data. And the answer is D, by transmitting redundant information with the data. I got that correct as well. We're just chugging along here. So now we're going to talk about the mind-body problem? <laughs> Question nine reads, in what units is RF feed line loss usually expressed? A, decibels per thousand feet. B, ohms per hundred feet, ohms per thousand feet. Or D, decibels per hundred feet. Oh, I got that one wrong. It's decibels per dBs per dBs yeah. per 100 yeah. feet. So when you're looking at a length of coax, if they're measuring it anything other 100 feet, that's odd. And it's always dBs of loss mm. over 100 feet. Mm. Mm. And it's usually based off the frequency that you're operating on. Okay. Question 10 reads, which of the following components are used in a power supply filter network? A, capacitors and inductors, B, transformers and transducers, C, quartz crystals, or D, diodes. I got that one wrong, too. It's capacitors and inductors. I'm calling it a day. That was five. That's Not it. Three okay. out of five. There we go. That's that's going the right direction. So, hey, if you'd like to study along with Leia. direction. <laughs> it's one direction. <laughs> If you'd like to study along with Leia, we highly recommend hamstudy.org, a fantastic free website you can use to take practice tests and track your progress. And very quickly, you'll find out as you take more practice tests what areas within the test you need a little bit more work on. And then I would recommend you go check out my video series that I posted on getting your technician license. So do check that out. I would appreciate it. If you're a book learner, then we also recommend Gordon West's fantastic books for all the licensed classes, Technician General and Extra. They are available on Amazon. There will be a link in the show notes. Or if you like the audio books, we... <laughs> there was some meme that was like, I said books on tape the other day, and I've never <laughs> felt more old. It's like on Instagram or something. I, I, when we went to the library mm -hmm. on Sunday, I was like, look at all these audio books. <laughs> like... Physical audio <laughs> Like on you tape? Check them out. I think they're CDs. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That even is a thing now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we do recommend the audiobooks from the Fast Track to Your Ham Radio License series that are on Audible. And there is a link in the show notes as well for that. You can get one of those books for free when you create an Audible account. And then, like, once a year, you can do that again. Um, but once you check it out or once you buy it, it's yours for life so long as you have an Audible account, and that's all it really takes. So we appreciate you checking those out. We also appreciate you joining the conversation by leaving a review on the Apple podcast system for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. Now, we have no new reviews on Apple Podcasts, but I think we bumped up like 10 five-star uh, five just pluses up five-star wow, reviews. So thank that's you, That's amazing. Guys. Thank you for that. How can you tell? 
Uh, I just record the number every week and I can see the difference. Wow. I just jot it down when we do the show notes. But we got a couple of interesting comments over on Podbean, which people nice. comment on as well. This Thank is from EJSIII. says, speaking of dad jokes, my 17-year-old started young with the dad jokes. And that was off of how to talk to people about ham radio episode that we did. Uh, let's see. Oh, EJSIII also asked, where would you put your call sign on your resume? Um, I don't use my name. <laughs> I'm only referred to in a 72 size font right on the top. Give no ambiguity to who you are, or what you are. No, generally I put it at the bottom, like where you'd... Skills... Like so, um, if I'm if I'm going after so if I'm a or software memberships, engineer, yeah, mm. the extracurriculars, if you yeah. will. If I was going after like a software engineering job, I would put the immediate skills at the top, like right at the top: C plus plus, Java, Perl, PHP, Python, whatever. Right, put that all right at the top, and then your job experience should back up the mm -hmm. skills that you're saying you do. Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom, so long as you're not going to like page three or page four, um, that's where you can throw something down. You could just drop, you know, your call sign at the bottom and see who notices. That's mm -hmm. happened before. I've seen that happen uh, because I you was. You want other hot resume hacks? Like right now? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. You take the entire job description of the uh, of the job posting mm -hmm. and you shrink it down real small. And you change it to white font and you put it in your resume so that it gets past the filter. That's so funny. That's yeah. pretty funny. Mm -hmm. that, is a, that is a hack. You hide it. EJSSIII -S -S -E is back with Leia, Master Dad Joke Level Unlocked. Thank you. Thank you. So EJSSIII definitely dropped a lot of comments and we appreciate that. Thank you so much. I do love the dad jokes. And you know what? The HRCC podcast channel, full of them. Went it's been nuts. Such a joy. They Thank went you, ham. Everyone. Everyone who, went ham. Who brought so much light and pun to our lives. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into Are the ready? unknown I will go. Okay. For I shall fear no Let's man go. or beast. One go. foot after on. the other. For go. I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. <laughs> it's just, it's Still it gives so me a intense, chuckle every time. It's yeah. so intense and then you get the bees. It's just, yeah. it's so good. Well done. Well done. So I found out something interesting this week. Uh, aside from the double to Larry, But to Larry Lake. To Larry Lake. Okay, to Larry Lake is kind of in the central part of uh, California. Okay. California has a massive basin bathtub-like shape, mm -hmm. actually. And uh, the east part of central California is quite a large basin, uh, really where most of our farming happens. Right. All the ranch areas, farming. Tulare Lake is being resuscitated. Resuscitated. Because of They're the rain. They're giving it oxygen. Oh. There are buildings underwater because they were built in a section of the California basin 
uh, that was purposely dried out. Oh. So that things could be grown there. And the unprecedented rain and yet to be thawed snowpack. That's going to be a problem. Is projected to take out a large section mm-hmm. of, so they're going to have to figure something out very quickly. Okay. Uh, okay. And so I thought I'd bring a heartwarming story. Oh, okay. I was going to say that the preparedness corners don't live in any area that's in a floodplain or was a lake. So in Stillwater, Minnesota, mm-hmm. they get ready for spring flooding, something that we in California will really learn about. It, right. Yes. <laughs> they get ready thanks to a 60-year-old preparedness plan that wow. was spearheaded and accomplished by teenagers. Oh. Yeah. City leaders say their flood protection process began when a large group of teenagers led an effort to protect downtown Stillwater nearly 60 years ago. Wow. I'm going to read the whole article. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah. Yeah. After the last round of rain and snow in Minnesota, there is now an 80 to 90% chance that the St. LaCroix River at Stillwater reaches a major flood stage. That, in fact, is not... A river full of LaCroix. No. I want want you to be really clear. This is not the Pample Moose flood. That sounds amazing. (laughs) But city leaders say they're ready, thanks in part to a flood protection process that began nearly 60 years ago. Wow. And 60 years ago was the highest flooding the city has ever seen. By the time Tom Sweeney got into town in 1965, water from the St. LaCroix River was already covering part of Stillwater's lift bridge, and the National Guard was bussing in teens like him from throughout the region to build up a temporary levee. Okay. There were trucks backing up with sand. There were people all over. It was raining. It was miserable, Sweeney said, describing the first night he got into town. Frantic is the word I could say. Sweeney of Afton immediately started filling sandbags for a levee that followed the railroad tracks near downtown. The work was so urgent that he and other students, many of whom were off from school for Holy Week, worked in shifts through the nights leading up to Easter weekend. Well, okay. We slept in the armory up the hill. They had a tarp down in the middle of the armory, girls on one side, boys on the other, he said. Wow. Chris Nelson was a Stillwater senior when he was called to help construct what would soon become known as the Teenager's Dyke. <laughs> yeah. We were going Control yourself. As You're the one reading the as story. As we could because the water was coming up, Nelson said. But I just remember it as being fun. For Nelson, it was certainly more fun than what was happening at his home in, in nearby Bayport. My parents house flooded that week he said we were shooting muskrats out the front windows trying to keep them from coming into the house and the shotgun shells would eject and splash on the floor of our living room oh my gosh through his work in still though his work in still water was exhausting nelson says the teens enjoyed their newfound freedom and relished the chance to take charge 
there weren't a lot of adults there, he said. We kind of figured we knew about as much as much about building dikes as anyone else down there. <laughs> Just uh, literally unsupervised teenagers. Separated by a tarp. This was the first dike ever built in Stillwater, Peterson said, so we really didn't have any experience at it. Peterson and the other city leaders were also working around the clock from City Hall trying to find enough materials for the levee, while also keeping the public out of harm's way during construction downtown. That left the teens to do the bulk of the work with some unexpected help from another group of adults. One day... A bus pulled up behind us and 25 to 30 guys got out, Sweeney said. We started to talk to these guys and they were from the Stillwater prison. Whoa. So now. <laughs> this is like, like, put this under things that would never happen today. <laughs> you know what I mean? The only like this... thing that was able to maintain them <laughs> was the adventure team from San Diego. Oh, right. The the explorer. The explorer team. Yeah. The explorer team. Yeah. They bust them in yes. from San Diego mm -hmm. to just it's true. keep them all. And they did the best job. The, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were working with the prisoners, Nelson said. It was fine. They worked very hard and they were happy to be out too. So in, in this scenario, they were kindred spirits in the feeling like prisoners. One group actually being prisoners. Right. And the other group being... Sheltered teenagers, Maybe. I, I'm assuming. I mean, they're shooting shotguns out of their front windows, so I don't know how sheltered they are. Sure. They were also all happy to have free meals. The Red Cross took over a local kitchen and provided food, and so did a few downtown restaurants. That's cool. I had my first ribeye steak that week, Sweeney said with a laugh. They wouldn't let us pay for it. I don't know anybody who worked on the dike that didn't have a good time, Nelson said. Wow. Did you know that they were having so much fun? No, but that's why we had chaperones at the barracks. We didn't want them to have too much fun. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, okay, okay. They certainly struck the right balance. By the time the river crested on Easter Sunday, April 18th, 1965, the dike was held and Main Street was spared. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Without the teenagers, we'd never had gotten the dike built, Peterson said. After the crest, many teens received special tokens of thanks. The special coin marked the record crest and acknowledged the importance of the teenager's dike. I don't know if we went into it thinking we would save the town, Nelson said. It was a really cool thing to do and we were just having fun. I guess we were saving the city at the same time. And they gave the city the blueprint for decades to come oh sure because if it worked that one time and it was a record level why not just mm -hmm. do it every year yeah so that's that's all right yeah. pretty cool so uh i my preparedness tip this week is to raise the kind of kids that would build a dike <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> because i'm thinking today seeing the dearth of teenagers that i do mm -hmm. they would not be building a dike. no they would not <laughs> maybe we're just not giving our teenagers enough freedom you know is that the problem i don't know i don't know what the problem is but there's definitely a problem <laughs> <laughs>
So the show topic All right, today so today's is discussion for today is go on to the show topic of today. The, the topic of today's show is Gentlemen, let's get down to business. Well, I did something new in ham radio for me. Many people have done this. I attended a club meeting, but that club is primarily only involved in microwave radio communication. I was invited to this club meeting from a one Mr. Gordon West. Good old Gordo. And they met on Zoom. It was the San Bernardino um, Microwave Radio Amateurs Club. And it was, you know, it was a ham radio club. They did all the ham radio club things, so no question there. Uh, they, they were, a lot of them were meeting in person at the American Legion. Uh, one of the people, I believe the secretary of the club, actually drives in from San Diego for the club meeting. Wow. Like that's how serious they are and, and committed to uh, microwave amateur radio. And the club talk was really, really interesting. It was a discussion on the preparation and planning to attempt a microwave radio communication or contact from Tasmania to Hawaii. Wow fantastically that's that's quite a distance it is it would be the it would likely be the longest distant um microwave radio contact very very long distance and i learned some interesting things things that i kind of you know had this thought of because you know um we've talked about hayden ham radio dx on youtube yes he's very much into down under right and and very much into microwave communication offensive He's in Tasmania. I know, but when I say down under, is that offensive? I mean, it is down under the equator, so I, I guess. Was my accent offensive? Probably. Okay. Yeah, that's because I don't think it was very good. Um, that's offensive. <laughs> but um, so we know, you know, from working, talking with Hayden and whatnot, that when when it comes to things like tropospheric ducting and all that fun stuff that we do with 10 meters and two meters and also six meters or actually 10 meters, six meters, then two meters that there's this, like these windows that open up in periods of activity where longer distance communication with more of a line of sight frequency space is possible. Well, with these, with these microwave uh, stations, I, I was seeing these pictures and they literally had like rifle scopes on the sides of these, parabolic dishes that they'd use to sight in the direction of the person that they'd potentially be trying to make a contact with. But it, it got really interesting because there's actually like paths of, uh, if you if you look at our map and you look at the direction of wind and the type of ducting that exists with things like the Pacific Ocean and in the Atlantic as well, different types of climate yield better capability for microwave communication. So some of the long distance communications that have happened from like Portugal into there used to be a superpower. That's right. Into <laughs> Europe and whatnot. Um, that is a in that particular area it's a drier climate. So in some cases that's better for long distance microwave. And depending on the frequency space that you're at, it can be improved or De- decreased in capability based off of the frequency. So if you're trying to do like a long distance two meter contact or uh, 23 centimeters or something along those space, 
it's better to have a little bit more moisture in the air. And if you're going in this frequency, it's better if it's drier, for example. And the guy was breaking down all these like things that they had learned over the years. You, and I'm just Did you ask him about the two slip thing? No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. Now, Thanks. something to keep in mind is that like all of these folks are have dabbled in or actively doing EME. Oh. Earth, moon, earth. Mm -hmm. Moon bounce. Yeah. Right? It so, gets the ladies. That's right. And the ham that was doing the talk was uh, in his 80s, actually. And it was really fascinating because he's bringing all this knowledge that he's had uh, just over the years of doing this. And I found it a lot of fun. I don't have a lot of notes because I was just kind of taking it all in because it was kind of like, again, this this first kind of meeting that I went to. And it and it all came about because of the ICOM IC905, right? Okay. And just kind of playing around with that radio and then looking into, well, what do I do with this radio? Because you almost have to change the way you think about contacts. For me, I'm coming out of the, well, this is, you know, I'm going to treat it like two meters. And with two meters, I'm going to line of sight it. So I need to get up high and as high as I can go. And I, I point my antenna if I'm using a Yagi at the general area where I want to make a contact and whatever. And I found out one of the things they mentioned is you can go too high with with microwave. And it's actually better in some cases to oh. give it lower. Uh, now, we're, we're talking, this is not like low, like the roof of your house. This is still like on a mountaintop kind of thing. But the general elevation of the two stations was an important thing to consider when they were planning this all out. And it was just, it was such a different way to approach amateur radio from what I'm used to. I very much like the ad hoc seat of your pants kind of figuring it all out in the field you know mm -hmm. let's scrape together an hf antenna some long wire or tune up a barn let's or get something reckless like with it yeah well not reckless but just <laughs> just have fun with it but in this case no it has to be extremely methodical and planned and coordinated to be able to do this because it's actually like pushing the boundaries of what we know is capable with a lot of this this communication type. And what's interesting about it is from a practical standpoint as a business, a lot of businesses, telecommunications and whatnot are all in this microwave frequency space. So when we talk about what hams are doing and what they're accomplishing, the quote, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this somewhat from listening to this club meeting that the hams that are that are doing a lot of these microwave type of contacts and, and seeing how far they can push things and how they can replicate them and create standards and practices if you will of how to be effective with this equipment and again a lot of this equipment is home brewed there are a lot of these people these are small boutique shops that are that are building these transverters to be able to take up you know an icom 9700 and bump it into the microwave bands right mm -hmm. this is all boutique gear that they're learning to build over time and a lot of this stuff goes into or has a legacy of being what we now use and take for granted as consumers in the communication space there's a direct line between a lot of you know what their what their capabilities are but the quote is is that they're the ones that are pushing the boundaries in amateur radio because if you think about something like HF, that's the most understood aspect of of radio. It's been the thing that we have utilized the most, high frequency, right? 
It's only as we progress into these much higher frequencies that we're really charting new paths and new grounds in amateur radio, which I found fascinating. It's not the it's not the let's make a lot of contacts on on our free time in an evening or on the weekend. It is a exploration, if you will, into what is possible with amateur radio, right? Which is what I would argue for for you folks that are into this more of the the tinkering and the hobby aspect and the building and the technician and the understanding of electronics, you might find higher frequency, super high frequency and microwaves to be a rewarding aspect of the hobby. That uh, if you find a club, if you if you're in an area where there are other hams that enjoy microwave ham radio, then then you'll probably really enjoy it. it could be really really rewarding. Has anybody tried? The double slit experiment, experiment with phonons instead of photons. I don't know. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. What if you were to try it with radio waves? Well, I mean, it's because it's, it's all a part of the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Right. So it's possible that it would have the same effect. Yeah, huh. possibly. I don't know. Would you propagate better if there was something recording your antenna? Oh, that's <laughs> weird. That's weird. That's a test. That's really weird. Because okay, so what? I what, have how, how do you measure the particle of an RF? Of RF. Like what? What would that look like? I'm I'm just brainstorming right now. Mm. Because okay, it's a, not sound wave, right? A radio wave is electromagnetic, mm -hmm. right? So there is two waves that are cross polarized, and they are the yin to their to the other's yang, right? A photon is a light particle that can be measured and then there is a wave so radio waves and microwaves mm -hmm. they're all made up of photons well they are on the electromagnetic spectrum and light is on there as well so sure okay i'm just saying you could this is actually measurable because you can capture signal strength, mm -hmm. right? That's on a receiver, yeah. And you can capture the the signal strength while recording and not recording. No, but you you would need. Uh, you may have to take this offline and think about it a bit. I'm going to have to go back and read how they did the study. But you would have to be able to observe two different measurements, two different types of measurement, as was done with the light emission, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. So we'll have to think about it. We will. We can't brain bucket this on the podcast. 
Try well, to do it, do it live. I really like to put things live out. to tape. I, I really like to put it out on the podcast because there's so many big brains, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Hmm. <gasps> What's happening? The staircase has changed. Remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Hello and welcome to the Email Correspondence Tower. We have had quite a lot going on this week and over last weekend, so I did not uh, go by the post office, which I probably should do tomorrow morning just in case. Uh, just so, in case what? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, what do you mean? What could happen? Oh, there could be something in the in the P.O. box. And oh. we love it when you send us things to the P.O. box. So that thank you if you did that. Exciting. We'll make sure we talk about it on the next uh, on the next show. So So I guess I'm on. Yeah. Now we're gonna slide on over to the voicemail annex, just just off to the right of the tower. Mm -hmm. Leah, how would someone email us if they wanted to? Well, if you wanted to leave a voicemail, you would call five six two three three four two three eight nine. And away we go. Okay. Hey, Leah, Josh, it's Ham Solo here. Hey, Ham Solo. Foxtrot Yankee Romeo K Fire. Just out there exploding things. Well, I just activated things. Louisiana <laughs> for Parks on the Air. This is my 36th state now activated wow. for Parks on the Air. Uh, Louisiana is one of the five that do not have any summits. And so oh. uh, mm -hmm. there may be uh, high points here, uh, but they have to apply obviously, to be put on the uh, yeah, Soda database. Summit markers. So, Louisiana, uh, no summit here, but definitely a park activation. I got 31 contacts in 35 minutes wow. using 5-watt QRP on single sideband. Uh, IC705 and a uh, resident dipole about 18 feet up in the air. Wow. So, uh, another another one down, and uh, hopefully in a couple weeks I'll be able to so knock out killing. Uh, one of my uh, summits that I missed in Wyoming. And so stay tuned for that one. But until then, this is Ham Solo, K0FYR73. Always impressive. Nice. Just amazing. Love it. I, I, I love hearing these uh, little updates. His, I, you know what? His progress is explosive. <laughs> yes. Uh, what would be fun, Ham Solo, is, you know, the next time you email us, uh, maybe give us a give us a little background on the station that you're using like when you're traveling like what do you it just said no i i know I but like 705 is that resident all the time dipole. is that only what he uses is is the 705 and the resonant dipole does he mix it up what's his favorite you know that kind of thing because now that he's been doing this for so 36 long, states right now that he's been doing this for so long he's probably picked out a couple of favorites or maybe he just found a thing that he really likes and he's never wavered that'd be fun to know too right considering just the amount of activations he's done. Excellent. Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu, Nathan in Southern Vermont. Hey, Nathan. So I always say that I'm going to keep it short, so let's see if I can keep it uh, like a minute and a half or under. It's never so a minute. So I was exiting <laughs> Walton World, the Walmart, mm -hmm. my place of employment. That's where they sell walls. Um, That's right. Let's say yesterday. <laughs> I don't know when it was. And... I was getting in my car, and someone noticed something on my car, and they're like, excuse me, sir, may I ask you a question? And I said yes. And he's like, I have to pause here. See, if he were a female, apparently he was 
it would be expected to get extremely aggressive and scream repeatedly, do not come any closer. Do not come any. Did I don't you see know this? you. Did I you see this video? You. No. Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised that Joey Swole did not do a video about this. Because this woman was talking about how this guy approached her. And when he was like 30 feet away from her, she starts screaming, do not come closer. Like at the top of her lungs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> screaming, do not come closer. Uh -huh. Do not come near me. D just over and over again. Right. Right. And the guy goes, okay. And he walks away. And she made a video about it like it was some great triumph, right? And everybody was commenting, if you, what what if he was coming to like bring you something that you lost in a store? Mm -hmm. Or like, what if he was just trying to tell you there was something wrong with your car? Right. Or like any number of things, right? Mm -hmm. It just, you can't just go and demonize men mm -hmm. for like, they, they are human too, right? They're not all predators right well i mean it, she was going to her car right yes yeah and and so there's there's so much built up fear on women going to their car yeah like all the videos that have like a trash bag that's shoved into the door handle or whatever it's supposed to symbolize follow this one home or something like that you know all that stuff like and i think all he had said was excuse me ma'am right I mean, he could have been a panhandler. He could have been anything, yeah. right? But the, there's so much fear built up around a woman, specifically a woman, going to their car, right? Yeah. And is it is it a real fear? It's it kind of reminds me of like all the abduction stories that we would hear when we were younger. Yeah, but the vast just... majority are actually people that they know, and like in many cases, it's just custody disputes. For kidnapping. No, like when we were kids. Yeah. That was a completely made up thing. It was uh, a sound bite that somebody said that was not accurate, but it took off and that was that was it. It it, it didn't matter if it was like retracted. It was, it was like quicksand. Once Scooby Doo yeah. had a one shot of him getting stuck. You in, know what's really terrible? That in California we spent all of this time worried about quicksand mm -hmm. when like landslides were a real thing right i mean our five freeway near castaic lake basically got taken out <laughs> like uh what two weeks ago right uh, so, so many things that were irrational fears i'm not saying this woman was being completely irrational i wasn't there i don't know what the vibe is right right right, right. but it just uh, I gotta say, we we've really lost the plot when we immediately react to somebody based on how they look. Everyone and COVID didn't help this. In fact, it it probably made it worse. Everyone just assumes someone they don't know that is in public is going to do something wrong to them. That's yeah. like what we all just assume is going to happen. That is our baseline. You know what I mean? It has really ruined any sense of community, I think, for most people. Right. Like, because when, when I am out in the world, I, I'm generally friendly to everyone. I, I, will, I would strike up a conversation with a rock, honestly. 
Like, I mean, well, don't do that I in mean, public. The Rock. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. And a uh, Rock. So Chris Rock, Kid yeah. Rock, Abs- any the of the Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Fraggle Rock. Definitely Fraggle Rock. Right. And I, I think, mm-hmm. and for me, anyway. It is because I am actually very involved with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of assume that if I encounter someone one time, odds are I will encounter them again or they will have encountered somebody that knows me or I will encounter somebody who knows them. So I'm going to be super polite to everyone. I'm going to assume that everybody is coming with pretty good intentions until they give me a reason to believe that they're not coming towards me with good intentions. Okay. You know? And that has actually, <laughs> the number of times somebody has been like, oh, I met so-and-so and so-and-so said they knew you. Mm-hmm. And I, I am like, I have no idea who that is, but I am sure I have met them. And this has to be the same way for you. Like just the number of people that you interact with both mm-hmm. in on YouTube and at work. Right. Right. In addition to whatever city stuff you've done. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, yeah. And so I think a good way for people to overcome their anxiety and fears Mm -hmm. about the people around them is actually just to get involved in their communities. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like is be around more people. But not like a, a a loner in the crowd. Right. Like part of the crowd. Right. Exactly. In in a larger sense. Be yeah. more involved and get to know people. Right. I'm not saying just start like striking up conversations with randos, but like, you know, like you said, in, in involved in the community. And I, I think that especially moms, what you'll find is as you become more involved in your community, either through the PTA, through sports or, you know, service clubs, whatever it is that you choose, Mm -hmm. it actually gives you a greater sense of security about your kids, too. Because I know, like, when I go somewhere that a lot of people know me, Mm -hmm. I can give my kids a little bit more space. Okay. Because everyone knows those are my kids. And so somebody will inevitably be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so's like right there mm-hmm. or, you know, and I'll, I'll already know where they are. But just to know that people who know me mm-hmm. are also keeping an eye on my kids. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah, sure. It's the village. You got to build your village. And I think the world will be much less scary. Sure. Yes. All right. I don't disagree. What is that for? I yeah. think he was pointing at the. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Lift mount. Um, I don't have the antenna on all the time, but I unscrew it and then have a cap to that. So I think he was pointing at that, that or um, my license plate. So I said it's for amateur radio. He's like, oh yeah, okay. He's like, you're one of those. My, my friend does that. He <laughs> has like the big, the big long wire, and then. He's like, but there, there's another name for it. What, what, what's that name? And he didn't quite hear me. So the couple of people that were with him getting out of their car said, CB? And he's like, no, 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 no. It's uh And I said, ham radio? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was going to uh, say, no, no, not yeah. that. 
<laughs> my my friend, he does that. He has a big long wire, and he did like a like a big sloping thing, like it, <laughs> like a huge wire. I don't know. Yeah. And he does it on his car, and he can do it when he's when he's driving. And yeah, and then he's got a pet squirrel help him get the wire out. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I I like that. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Um, I didn't have anything set up and I had to go home, but um, it was cool to people recognizing it. And you also have the very stereotypical people just think of CB because eh, it's close, but not there. Oh, so shade. One, Zulu, Nathan throwing um, saying, shade. Three, thanks for the podcast. Sorry, 11 meter um, folks. <laughs> yeah, just leave it there. I don't know how long this was. So, thanks, Nathan. Three, goodbye. Thanks for coming. Three, goodbye. And Nathan, if you'd like to know how long your voicemail was, it was two minutes and fourteen seconds. There, there you go. go. Yeah. Thank you so much for the voicemail. And here we go. Okay. Hello, HRCC, Josh, and Leah. This is Alabama Andrew here. Hey, Andrew. Uh, Hello. I'll let you know that I am now officially a part of the Cool Kids Club. That's right. Ooh. I can sit at the Cool Kids table at lunch. Get to hang out with the cool kids at the at the uh, the games and all that. That's right. On I Wednesdays, you wear pink. Become an amateur extra. <laughs> oh, and congratulations! I, have to say I got to. Well done, Andrew. Congratulations. Thank hamstudy.org and Hamstudy. the uh, audio book that you suggested, Josh. It's really helped out a lot. Oh, good. Because, whew, I got to tell you, that was tough trying to that. Trying to study for that test. The more but people say that, the less again. I want to pass the general. Like know. And y'all have a wonderful <laughs> You can do day. it. Come on. 73. Alabama Andrew, clear on your final. And out. Congratulations, Thank Alabama you, Andrew. Andrew. That's awesome. Thank you That's for uh, giving us the update on what's going on there. We do love the updates. Okay, that was the last voicemail. Oh, okay. Well, that means we're starting to read your emails. Now, again, you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. And please do, you know, tell us a little bit about your ham radio journey, what you've been working on. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear those. And yeah, preparedness ideas for the preparedness corner. And if you have a merch idea, we like to post your ideas if they meet our approval. We're, we're quite mm-hmm. picky these days, unfortunately. We've been busy, <laughs> very busy. But if you send us a merch idea and we like it and we make it and put it on our merch store, hamtactical.com, and you buy one, we'll send you one for free. You buy one? You don't well, have to buy one. If we put it on the store and, yes, we'll send you one for free. All there. right. I made it too complicated. This. <laughs> I am getting tired. <laughs> this first email is titled Podcast Emergency Preparedness. And this is from Mark. Mm-hmm. Hi, Josh and Leah. I've been listening to the podcast for some time now and enjoy it very much. Well, thank you for thank listening. You. you both do a fantastic job relaying information at a level that is that most understand and relate to. Josh has a technical mind without being too nerdy, and Leia's laughter makes every episode a wonderful experience. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. But what about my technical experience? <laughs> I have a magic eight ball here. You did a very good job with the... Uh, let's, let's ask it. How my how is my technical experience? I don't know why you guys shake the magic eight ball. I just I don't what do you get mean? it. That's how it answers you. It doesn't. It says... It just makes bubbles. Outlook is good. Oh. <laughs> well, you did great on the double slit, ex- uh, double slit experiment explaining that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, so encouraging. Mm -hmm. Time travel could be real in our simulation, Josh. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (coughs) Okay. I just wanted to relay my experience with ham radio in emergency situations, along with preparing for weather-related disasters. Mm. Last Friday night, March 24th, 2003, I'm assuming 2023, because it was last Friday Maybe he's a photon. (laughs) Turning back in time. Severe weather was forecast for our area so my wife and i got the storm shelter ready in our backyard along with our quote-unquote bug out bag Mm -hmm. just a backpack with a few personal items and banking insurance contact information etc along with cash i took my dmr ht that was tuned to our memphis area weather talk group that is activated during severe weather the only Traffic was the net controller asking for damage reports or other weather-related traffic to be relayed to the National Weather Service in Memphis. Mm -hmm. After my family and later our neighbors joined us in our underground storm shelter, the net started warning of a possible tornado approaching our town, uh, Amory, Mississippi. I saw the radar indicated tornado on my phone radar app and knew this was not good. Minutes later, we heard the sounds outside changing from just heavy rain to slams and crashes and objects colliding with the ground and other things in our yard. Wow. When we thought it was safe, we emerged from the shelter to find darkness and tree limbs in our backyard and in the neighbor's yards. With only flashlights to illuminate our surroundings, I could only see a few trees down and not much else. My HT still in hand, I called into the net and made a quick report of the trees down and power out an Amory. That's all I had time to do. At this point, I did not realize the amount of damage that our county had received. The people on our street were okay, as far as I could tell, and no one was hurt. Mm -hmm. So I got in my truck and tried to go check on my mother, who lives about seven miles northeast of me in the town of Smithville. But I could not even get out of my neighborhood, let alone our town. So many trees blocking down. Oh, so many trees down blocking the roads. Mm -hmm. Many streets were made passable by early morning from people that had chainsaws nearby. Oh, wow. That's, you know, and. When you just have to get out of your car and chainsaw a tree. No, but this is kind of. This is a thing that you lose living in suburban and urban areas somebody's got to be held accountable for this tree right and literally somebody not me people yeah exactly this it absolutely is true i think that the value split that's happening majorly across the country Mm -hmm. is literally the fact that people in urban areas especially Mm -hmm. and to some degree people in suburban areas Mm -hmm. Expect someone else to solve their problems. Oh, a tree is down. Public works. A uh, there's graffiti on the wall. Go go call the graffiti hotline. Right. Right. Whereas if you're in a more rural area, nobody's coming. You know nobody's coming. So if you want to have a nice town, you take it upon yourself. Or if you just want to get to work. 
Yeah. Because there's a tree across the road. Yeah, exactly. You gotta make you gotta make it happen, right? The number of times I have read about or seen something where a neighbor has gone and shoveled the um the streets mm-hmm. or the sidewalk so that neighbors could drive out of their homes mm-hmm. just out of care uh, like out of kindness mm-hmm. you know or removed um the ice on windshields right. for their neighbors so that when they came out of their house in the morning right they wouldn't have to chisel off the ice themselves right 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 and i think that's so nice yeah and it's it's not really something that we have like especially like our town is super i mean not to say that we don't help each other out we have absolutely on our street mm-hmm. done that uh but it really takes people who are willing to lead and be the person right that the local people will come to mm-hmm. or rely on right? right uh not to do all the work but just as like a shining example to inspire them to feel like, oh, this is not the government's responsibility. This is not the city's responsibility. This is actually first and foremost ours. And then if we need more help, that's when we call in the government. You know? Yeah. I, I kind of also feel like if if you if you've got that mentality that like somebody needs to be held accountable for this tree, like yeah. that, I need to call somebody, you're also kind of like very quick to emotional outbursts like negative emotional outbursts because you don't have control of your life a little bit right like if if like how children will throw tantrums and a lot of it comes down to the level of independence they want is not properly being reflected back by whoever their like support system is right Right. And so if the individual knows that, let's just take your tree example. If they have a chainsaw at home and they've cut down a tree before or something, they've got the wherewithal that they could do it. And if they didn't need immediacy, then they just phone it in. Right. And they'd probably go about their business. Yeah. But if they were wholly dependent on right. someone to remove this tree, mm-hmm. having no experience of removing the tree on their own. Like, right. no, I don't even know where to begin. The world becomes quite debil- debilitating yeah. to them, right? Because what else do they have but to scream, I need an adult? You know, that's what really surprised me about what happened in San Bernardino County. And I'm not by any means trying to... Um, minimize what the people in San Bernardino went through. Oh, yeah. But during that massive snowstorm where people got snowed in and then they had run out of food and water Mm -hmm. and people had walked out to Goodwins only to find that Goodwins was also completely collapsed and not open, that being the only grocery store, meaning they couldn't get food even if they wanted to. Right. Right. That was so surprising to me because... On some level, if you're living in like a mountain town, mm-hmm. that's that's probably the closest thing we have aside from 
like the farm areas or like the where desert. there's like a huge self-reliance component and desert too to it yeah to sure mm-hmm. the anywhere where the services are sparse and you moved out there you you chose this well i mean i mean i think some people actually just move out to the mountains now to easily access their winter snow sports and and like uh Snowbirds. Biking and whatever else you do. They're extreme lifestyle. Yeah. But there's a a lot of people move out to those places so that they're not having to live under the constant oppression of Big Brother kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and also to be away from other people. And if if you're going to choose that, then that means you have to take it on yourself to be like responsible Mm -hmm. and yeah sometimes it means you've got to dig yourself out of the snow or at least have enough supplies to last you till the snow melts that's what my dad did he just i'm not even sure your dad's that prepared i i gotta say i I don't know what he ate then because he was up there the whole time like where did he get food there's snow like everywhere yeah i mean he's he's got some food just but just dozens of cans of dinty more. <laughs> but uh, like literally he's got an empty garage, you know, that could very well be filled with more preps. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. and maybe it just looks small to me because I'm used to prepping for four. Right. Versus prepping for one. Right. right. It just sure. did not look like enough to me. <laughs> That's how good he is at prepping. You don't know. <laughs> it's like hidden somewhere in the house. <laughs> right i don't know He's there's pretty... a there's a whole second story you don't know about that's the the, the, the prep story i know i know where the second story that's is the loft is. oh the, the secret beyond the, the loft beyond mm-hmm. the vaulted ceiling that is fully visible that's right <laughs> yeah it's actually underground the second story is underground yes this this is a tower <laughs> that's... that's right so what you're saying is that when you're at ground level in that house, you're on the third floor. That's right. <sighs> yeah. Think about it. I mean, I am thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't stopped. <laughs> okay. Mark continues, by morning, we knew we survived a deadly tornado. Looking back as far as amateur radio is concerned, it makes a good backup plan for communication. But the cell service still worked, even though it did receive some damage. Slower service the next day was probably due to extra traffic on the tower. Man, I'm so glad that you guys made it through that with what sounds like comparatively minimal damage, Mm -hmm. you know, and like deadly for sure right like oh yeah yeah and i'm glad that you and your loved ones and most in your community are okay as far as prepping for emergencies like this you just can't carry everything with you and in my experience it is not needed because by the next day many volunteers showed up willing to help and give you anything needed living in the south can sometimes be dangerous but the kindness and generosity of people here makes it all worth it today there are many faith-based groups here from all over the country helping and showing support thanks everybody that is one of the nice things that happens after natural disasters Mm -hmm. 
I am going to have to say, though, Mark, I think you actually lucked out that the disaster wasn't so severe that you were able to get volunteers out. Because in a very severe disaster, the volunteers are taking care of their own family. They are also in the disaster. Right. So then nobody's showing up. Yeah, that was that whole point that I made, God, many years ago when I was talking about emergency preparedness on some of the live streams, that when when the disaster is widespread enough, the first responders who would respond are also dealing right. with the disaster. Yeah. They would be leaving their families to go serve others, right? That's part of the problem with some of these larger disasters that have been experienced is that that's when things like the Red Cross has to come in. Right. And it takes – they're not being going to show up the next day. Well, in Red cases. Cross, the National Guard, whatever, yeah. these these large organizations, right? Because the, the first responder community is, is crippled under the weight of the disaster that they all collectively experienced. Oh, before I forget, mm-hmm. because I really love breaking this news okay. to as many people as I can because the look of happiness and relief on people's faces – just makes my day okay the irs in certain areas of the country Mm -hmm. have extended the tax deadline to october so california for instance which was under a state of emergency due to the storms Mm -hmm. does not have to pay or file their taxes until october right which is a huge relief so so many people in huntington beach california decide (laughs) <laughs> in relief like oh bruh the winter was gnarly man i really appreciate not having to you say that bruh but literally i hate doing my taxes bruh the number of roofs that were damaged mm-hmm. roofs hvac hvac that's on the roof um, oh not my air conditioning bruh <laughs> i mean there were houses that flooded I mean, I, I hate to complain about weather in being from uh, Southern California because I've been slightly inconvenienced. Like, it makes it look like such. I need tax weather. relief. But I mean, people really sustained a lot of property damage. Lea, I'm kidding. You're, you're not yes ending the joke. You're being very insensitive. You're not yes ending the, the very rich people in Huntington Beach. <laughs> I know. It's like you're not yes ending the joke about people in Huntington I'm Beach offended. versus those in Big Bear and Crestline and Arrow, like Arrow Bear. I'm offended on their behalf, especially that like bigoted dude in the Running uh, Springs in the Castle House in Huntington Beach. In the Castle House. <laughs> Bro, oh, my. Oh, no, that's a terrible joke. I think he died. Bro, my moat is full. Oh, he was. Did you get it? See? Yeah. What? Yeah. Come on. That was that was gold. That was... <laughs> Bro, who filled my moat? I, I have another uh, sad story to tell you, though. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, it turns this, out. This podcast is falling that, off the wheels. That, je- that jellyfish love warm water and can thrive in low oxygen environments so don't pee in the ocean and some species of jellyfish can produce 45,000 offspring in a day Mm -hmm. so don't pee in the ocean is what you're saying no this is all to say Mm -hmm. that the beaches 
as a, a, a whatever you believe about climate change. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if the ocean warms up and continues to create the algae that jellyfish also love to eat. Right. We are not going to be able to get in the water anymore because it will be filled with jellyfish. Leia, I got news for you. Yeah. I already don't get in the water. (laughs) I get in the water. Your kids get in the water. Like once. What do you mean once? Like once a year. The kids? Yeah. You literally have no idea what I do in the summer then. (laughs) (laughs) I am at the beach multiple times in the summer. Like once a week. (laughs) What are you talking about? I mean, they're not swimming in the ocean. They are 100% getting in that water. We went to Oceanside and the water was freezing and they got in the water. Oh, that's true. They did. Yeah, they did that. That was winter field day, right? Yes. Yeah, last year or two years ago. Man. No, it was like three. Was it three years ago? I don't know. It was, it was, it was when the beginning they were still of COVID. virtual schooling. It was like the beginning of COVID. <laughs> we were like, we could actually socially distance at the beach. <laughs> Let's invite everybody over. That was the, the big brain move. <laughs> it turns out we are not tied to this location by school. <laughs> right. That's true. We did that. All right, read the email. Sorry. Mark continues, one more thing. This was my second killer tornado. We survived the F5 that destroyed my house and half of the town of Smithville, Mississippi in 2011. This is the kind of experience I just as soon not have. As I'm writing this, we are under threat of more severe weather, and so it goes. I think God has put my wife and I through this so we can help others as they go through recovery and rebuilding. That is such a great attitude, honestly. Well done, Mark. Mark signs off. Keep up the good work. Mark, AE5MA. Thank you, Mark. That's that's an amazing attitude. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry to hear about your place in Smithville, though. Yeah. An F5 is like the largest tornado. Yeah. That's, I believe that is the top of the line, an F5. <sighs> Tornadoes are so scary, man. They just move things. Just, did you see that? One place was another to TikTok another where place? it was like a guy was standing in the garage. You go, like, oh, yeah, that's it. It's coming. Okay, let's get inside. And he's like really calm. Uh-huh. And everything's just tornadoing outside. And he's like, oh, there goes the shed. And it's literally just shed gone, like just vertical takeoff. And then an SUV. That landed on some wicked witch. You know what I'm saying? But then like an SUV just gets pulled in front of the garage. New SUV. Yeah, like, sorry, I took your shed. Here's here's yeah. an SUV. It's like the publisher's clearinghouse, but not with Eggman. Because the Edmund. SUV was holding a big check. <laughs> Why is that the thing? Why is that the one that gets you? Because apparently that is a uh, Mandela effect. Ed McMahon didn't work for Publishers Clearinghouse. Look it up. Look look it up right now. Because I know you don't believe 
But Ed McMahon did not show up with giant checks. No, Ed McMahon didn't, but he was on the envelope. He did not work for Publishers Clearinghouse. There were no big checks. What do you mean? It's a Mandela effect. What? Yes, we're in a new timeline, Joshua. <laughs> this is when they measured the light with the photon. <laughs> His face was on the thing. Ah, uh, see? Well, then what was his face you on? You are having such a hard time, man. <laughs> All right. The next email is titled, Try Anyway. And this is from Vic. Hi, Leia and Josh. Faux pas? Oh, my God. Driving down the road, you had me laughing like a crazy person when you sprung that one on me. Since I don't have kids, I've gotten to use that joke several times already. <laughs> I love it so much. Yes. <laughs> and Leia, please never tone down your laughter. You and Josh are the happiest, most fun people on media. And keep oh. my spirits soaring. That's so nice. Thank you. Oh, my God. On all media. Yeah. Wow. Take that, Mr. Beast. <laughs> no, I was thinking like oh. laser disc. <laughs> Eight track. <laughs> also, I hear other listeners talking about their mobile setups. So I thought I would add my mobile shack to the mix and tell you about my best contact ever. Okay. I have a permanent coax mounting just inside the bed of my beat-up 2004 F-150. The coax travels into the cab from underneath and enters through a discreet hole drilled into the cab. The permanent mount allows me to take along five of the Shark Mini Hamsticks. I keep a three-inch PFC pipe or PVC pipe mm -hmm. uh, and use whichever I need depending on the conditions. I then use my Shegu G90 and a BioNO battery to have an awesome mobile shack. Using the setup, I took my wife, KE0KBQ, to Costco for glasses. I stayed in the parking lot while she had her exam and set up my 10-meter hamstick and fired it up. It was uh, 1750 hours here, and I did not realize the CQDX contest was about to start. <laughs> Five minutes before the contest started, I nailed a, an SSB contact from Colorado Springs to Ubiquita <laughs> Juquitaba. Juquitaba. <laughs> Brazil. Okay, getting, okay. Yeah, yeah, getting yeah. I know five. that one. I know that one. <laughs> getting. <laughs> so stuck. Who Quitaba. That's what I'm going with. Mm -hmm. Getting five nine going both ways on 20 watts with my G90 and a mini hamstick over 5,000 miles. Needless to say, wow. I was and still am beyond thrilled. The reason I say try anyway is that the websites with propagation predictions all said the conditions were fair at best. Don't let propagation predictors hold you back. Try anyway. You never know. Are you stuck on this Ed McMahon thing? Yeah, I am. And and, and it's, it's the American something. The American Family Publishers. Yes. So that is the mailer that sure. I remember seeing uh -huh. with his face in the what corner. What about the big check? No, I never saw him with a big check. 
I know I have no memory of him with a big check. Well, we're from different timelines then. So I am not the original. Uh, you are not the original Josh from my timeline. That's. <laughs> I don't know how to process that. <laughs> I was listening to Friday's podcast today about how to talk to people about ham radio. Just before this, I was in a doctor's office and a nice older guy, really my age, asked about the big book I was reading. It was the Fast Track Extra Manual. Oh. Got a great conversation about ham radio going. You never know. Be ready. My sales pitch is about health and staying in, staying in shape for poda and soda and not sitting around doing Sudoku. So Dooku. I intended to die with my boots on and not in front of the TV with a puzzle book in my lap. That is very cool. You know, hmm. committing to that active lifestyle using ham radio. I got to stay in shape for parks on the air so that I can drive and park in the parking lot of a park and operate from my vehicle. <laughs> No, but it's true. I mean, it's getting more people outdoors. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, Parks on the Air has been a huge boon. Yeah. Fantastic. <coughs> no, boon? Boom? Boom? Boon. 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 Yeah. yeah, boon. Vic signs off. Thanks, Vic. K0PUP. Thank you so much, Vic. Pup. Yeah. That's K-pup. K-pup. Actually, it's K-O-pup. Like, but I think the O is silent, like an opossum. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vic. That is so sweet. So again, big thank you for the whole email you sent, Vic. We really did appreciate it. Uh, yeah. The next email is titled Ham Journey and Extra by April. Mm. And this is uh, from Tobias. Okay. Who is different from Toby. Oh. Yeah. So don't make any Toby jokes. Well, we'll see. We'll see how yeah. it goes. All right. Just keep those in check. Mm, okay. <laughs> Dear Leia and Josh, first of all, thank you for your podcast. It's a great mix of technical information and joyful banter between you two. Well, thank you for listening. When I started listening to the podcast thinking it's, just as the name says, <laughs> I have radio crash course <laughs> in podcast format. It took me a moment to get used to your old format, but after two episodes or so, I started to like it, and nowadays, I wouldn't want to miss it on my commute or at night when I can't sleep. Oh, well, thank you for having us along for your commute and your dreams. Okay, <laughs> let's let's all just take a moment. Go to sleep. It's okay. Yeah, it's Go good. to sleep. I'll count backwards. Go to sleep. Ten yeah. to one. Go to sleep. <laughs> Go to sleep right now. That's what I say to the kid. That's, That's and it's I, so soothing. So soothing. It always knocks him right oh, out. Yeah. It's like just oh, straight we didn't, tryptophan. We didn't tell everybody. We're sports parents now. Oh, my gosh. And it is intense. <laughs> it is. It is teepees and wigwams. <laughs> it is intense. <laughs> uh, we signed up. Our, our kids love to run. This is, of all the things... Like if we take Chloe out for a walk, mm -hmm. they will literally just take off and run around the neighborhood in a loop. Just constantly running. Yeah. Just yeah. It's like walking them. is for suckers. Like, like <laughs> we will be walking. Yes. <laughs> and one of them will break off into a field 
in a full sprint (laughs) and do a big circle Mm -hmm. and then loop back in Mm -hmm. and just keep doing loops as we're walking. It's it's crazy. They're like little hamsters. One day I had taken... Uh, the boys to Knott's Berry Farm with uh, their pop-up Grammy and Grampy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we get to the section that's bef- uh, like, uh, there's kind of a center area at Knott's where once you're away from the park and the shops, but not quite at the uh, split offs for the parking lots, it's right. an open area. It's like by the Independence Hall copy right. that they have. Edison, who I thought would be so tired, he expressed a tiredness right. uh, request to go home. Uh huh. Just started running around in a circle out of nowhere, just a, like large circle. Right. Right. Just kept running laps for no reason. Yeah, just, it's almost like they don't know why they're doing. Yeah, it. they're just, just like I just gotta run. So guess what, kids? Track and field is for you. Yep. <laughs> Which is. You know what? I'm watching track and field, it made me really understand NASCAR. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, you just <laughs> just turn left, Jeff. <laughs> so the only youth uh, track and field program in our area, other than like this one that's put on through the city, which I'm assuming is just them having some teenager watch kids run around a track, mm-hmm. is uh, one that is actually training for the junior olympics which Mm -hmm. i don't have any intention of the kids doing that and you can sign them up as a conditioning athlete or a competitive athlete i signed them up for conditioning Mm -hmm. but they go through all the same training Mm -hmm. so the first day out they josh came with me and it's at an awesome stadium at a local college so Mm -hmm. it makes it feel like they're really in the big leagues right right right. and they (laughs) and i think they must just be dying out there. We're in the stands. We can hear Ben panting on the track. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if they're going to want to do this because mm-hmm. you come out the first time to see if you want it, if the kids want to do it right. before you sign up. Right. And they're already midway through the season mm-hmm. by the time I'm like, they got to do track and field. <laughs> like, Run it out. They Because they started in January. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes into July. Ben ended up in first place in like two of the runs that they did. Mm -hmm. And he was pretty consistently in the top three to four Mm -hmm. for the for the bigger kids. Mm -hmm. So I take that as a good sign. And afterwards, I thought they would just pass out. Ben didn't. Edison came home. He, you know, ate, took his bath, yada, yada. And uh, then they they were willing to do it again two days later or a yeah. day later. So it was today. Yeah, and they killed it out there. I I think that's great, and I it is really a lot of organized sport, though. As you know, it's twice a week, two mm-hmm. hours, uh, and lots of team stuff. Lots of <laughs> lots of being uniform. a part of a community land. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I actually do have a bit of an aversion to organized sports, just mm-hmm. having gone through it with my sister. But I could not help 
but feel the most proud I have ever felt. Just <laughs> because the mental fortitude to keep running when you're tired, like I know what that is. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And so I have now big dreams of like running 5Ks with the kids. You know, like that can be something we you jogging along and them doing these big prolonged circles (laughs) and full sprints to stay along with you. Yes, I can see that, too. No, I mean, obviously, there's different placements for like women over a certain age versus (laughs) kids. Right. Right. Yeah. So definitely. Well, Tobias continues. Continue, Tobias. I've been interested in ham radio and pursuing my license on and off for over 10 years, but in that time, never went through with it. Oh, come on. When I lived in Santa Clara, California for a couple of years, I saw the local Aries Racies group supporting city events, but didn't have the guts to talk to them. Oh, I mean, I get it. They're they're kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, once they put those orange vests on. It's like intimidating. Yeah. I also didn't feel like I had spare time besides work and going on trips to the beautiful state and national parks almost every weekend. See, this is a thing that is nice about Northern California. Okay. Because I think where we are in Southern California, we actually don't have much by way of like national parks and wooded areas. That's like you have to drive over an hour really to get to them. I find that very annoying. I would like it to be much like Portland, in which you can just drive across away 15 minutes and walk through what is like a totally different I, world in a pocket. Like between, I really like that. Between you and I, like I never thought I would be the one to be offended on behalf of California from <laughs> you, because you are way more like pro-California than I am. But I both- we are in the like the center of access to anything like you want trees you can go to my dad's like not that far yeah, you go to the beach you that's can go like hours away if you want like just a hiking trail in the mountains like you can see them from our home you can just drive just, there i know but that's not drive at them that's where the trails are <laughs> it's... but they're still over an hour away it, it, it an hour driving is like nothing it's nothing i just think they're more accessible in northern california they're not they're not well muir woods is like right there i mean if you want like big wooded areas then yes sure but if you want that that's what i want you can just move to ohio do you, do you know why i want big wooded areas okay foraging <laughs> this is where mushrooms grow <laughs> okay in the foraging group i'm in the foraging for mushrooms group uh-huh. some guy posted a picture of like four buckets of m- morels people are so pissed <laughs> i've never seen because there's like such there's like an unspoken rule that you're not supposed to take too much but he did it that's the point he was like a responsible he just spent all day <laughs> going and looking for morels that's all he did all day he went to like multiple areas made sure that he left enough for proper growth the Mm -hmm. following year right like super responsible people were like so mad like they were gonna go out and get the morels if they were gonna go they got they would have had them already (laughs) 
I wonder what the what the mushroom growth is going to be like with all this rain. It's got to be intense. I am so excited to go to Solvang and look for mushrooms. I I can't even tell you. Uh, you you're not, are you? I am one hundred percent. That is part of my plan. Are you going to break out that weird hippie mushroom book that I bought you? I don't know where that is. <laughs> that was a weird book. I loved it. It was the the bibble. It was of weird. mushrooms. It is weird. Yeah. It is, but it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, maybe I could go to the library tomorrow morning before we leave and get another mushroom book. Okay. I've decided I'm not buying books anymore. I pay enough in my property taxes to sustain the Millennium Library. Not to be confused with the Falcon. That is a mobile. The Millennium Falcon is a is a mobile vehicle. <laughs> a spaceship. Yes. If you will. <laughs> yes. Okay. The Millennium Library looks like a spaceship, doesn't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it burns taxes instead of fuel. It's true. <laughs> it burns so much in taxes. But, and I realize, and everybody else should go do this. You got to figure out everything that's free in your city that other people have to come to pay to use and use those things. And then flaunt it. I'm not saying flaunt it. But oh, by, yeah. Because in reality, those are your tax dollars. So here's what you do. Okay. You go to Costco. Ooh, don't have a Costco card. Get a friend who's got a Costco card. Okay, back on board. Just go to a People are like screaming right now. <laughs> we don't have a Costco card. Go to one of the sample kiosks. Okay. And then just like don't leave until you're full. Just keep eating them. Yeah, you're allowed to do that. Yeah, that's free. That's not your tax dollars, though. Costco tapas. <laughs> Bust open a box of Franzia right there and just start that's... serving people. Could you do? No, that can't... no, 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 no. That you get busted in by an ABC officer. That's alcohol beverages. Then you just drink it. Don't give it to anybody. <laughs> got brad beach showing up what you do is you, can you imagine get out of here brad you're not busted anybody did you have a campaign to run you no money to misappropriate? no he doesn't I'm misappropriate kidding. money That's so this is what you different. do you go so what do you need like if you wanted if you wanted to work in handing out samples what do you need white apron okay those plastic gloves, the really like awkwardly looking plastic gubs. Like, yeah, a, a t gubs. Yeah. Gubs. And uh, a table. A table. Yeah. Those are all sold in the Costco. <laughs> you need the cups, though. Sold in the Costco. <laughs> the little cups? Yes. Sure. Are you sure? I, I've got to believe <laughs> that there's a something that would qualify. Need a toaster oven? Sold at the Costco. Something for your hair? I don't know I, that that's sold at the Costco. Shave your head. What? Beforehand. <laughs> this is getting... That's where I draw the line. Everything <laughs> you need to become an imposter sample provider is in the Costco. Hear me out. What if for Would every Would you like to sample... eat some bagel bites? <laughs> sold in the Costco. 
Get yourself, get a cart. Not every get yourself, aisle no, has no. power the, run to it, the, though. They sell extension cords at the Costco. <laughs> get yourself a cart. Collect all the things you need. Want to eat some bagel bites? No problem. Get yourself a toaster oven, a table, an extension cord, plates to put them on. Sure, we got that. We're Costco. You've, you're gonna have to like build yourself one of those toilet paper rooms, like you know, with the toilet paper packages to go inside to change into the scatter. No, it's an apron. It just goes over the top. <laughs> you don't even need to do anything. <laughs> I'm going to sample this apron right now. Hang on. No, I'm saying you dress. Yes, I Set understand. the whole thing up. Yes. You hand out samples. You eat some samples. <laughs> I don't think the sample givers are allowed to eat them, though. I've never seen them do it. Who's going to stop you at this point? <laughs> this is bad advice. Everything you want. You're like, well, I don't have a name tag. They sell laptops and printers at the Costco. <laughs> Everything you need to make this work is a thing you can do in the Costco. But I don't have like a Costco name badge. I just said they sell printers and laptops. But those are, that's not how their name badges are. They just take a picture off your phone. <laughs> send it to the laptop you're sampling. I, I mean, print I it into the printer you're like sampling. USB cable or something. Sold at the Costco. <laughs> They have empowered you to defraud them. Not not only do they sell a USB cable, they sell you a dozen for no reason in bulk. You could establish an entire fleet of samplers with the bulk system that they have at the Costco. I am surprised this is not a viral YouTube video that someone has done. Everything that you need... To imposter someone who handles, like, hands out samples exists in the Costco. <laughs> I just made of anyone, you can go make this video just and it will become so we can see it. immediately viral. Immediately viral. You know what? I'm going to look this up. I bet somebody has already done it. I, I bet you. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, this is plagiarism. I, I haven't seen it. I, I guarantee you. I'm going to search giving away. This is the, some big brain stupidity that only comes up from being sleep deprived. <laughs> There's a... Oh. No. I know. There's... I know. How about pretending to be a Costco employee? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, you have to assemble a sample thing, tablecloths at the Costco. Every like most Costco five fake employees versus a manager. Mm -mm. No, there is a whole back section to most Costco's that is just like restaurant supply. Okay. And like paper goods and stuff. Okay. Everything you need to do this <laughs> is at the Costco. Don't do this, anybody. Don't, do, don't listen to him. This is he's giving this is a Mr. Advice. Beast idea, is what this is. I just came up with it. There you go. Someone tag him to this part of the podcast specifically and just make it. Someone make this happen. This is actually a thing. Do you remember that guy who had that stunt where he put a um, 
a cardboard cutout of himself and made his like own meal and put it in a some chain like one location of a chain of yes. gas station convenience stores. Yes. And then it turned out it was that all it fake. was all yeah. That's totally messed up. That's that's he got I'm, canceled so hard. I'm telling you right now, this is my own stupidity that came up with this. <laughs> this is not affiliated with Costco. Costco is not happy what I'm doing. Right now. <laughs> I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you want. Want a bunch of chimichangas? No problem. Oh, what, think of all the hot pockets you can anything have. out of that freezer section. Yeah, you, you could cook a full meal. As far as Costco is concerned, they've got induction cooktops. Oh, you could just get some ribeyes. <laughs> Sample our ribeyes. If, if if and I, and this you know is what? one thing they've got Lowry seasoning salt too. They've got everything at the Costco. <laughs> The, the only thing... You are so excited I, about Costco. I, I am not kidding when I say this is a viral YouTube video. Like, if you can get, like, a spy... You know, one of those glasses that has the spy camera built in, all that <gasps> stuff. Like, yeah. 12 I, tribes. Okay. The yellow delis. Okay. You could... Okay, this is the one thing that if the Costco sold this, you would never get called out. Okay? The little uh, mic that goes... <laughs> behind the ear the little tiny one like the sham wow guy used to wear oh but see here's the trick because you know what they sell karaoke machine karaoke machines that like the pa thing yeah you could literally be broadcasting your counterfeit sample thing you know what? and no one would this is like literally wearing the orange vest and carrying a ladder too they yes. bring in road shows too so like you don't even have to be in a costco employee i guess if you had a small business you could literally just go in and set up at costco <laughs> i'm telling you the the or, the joke at little to no cost to yourself <laughs> none <laughs> Again, and your they, friend lets you in. And they have a, a really good return policy. So even if they made you buy it, you could turn around. Just, and... just pull up right to customer service after. It's you can't lose. Full hearts can't lose. You could you could put up a tip jar. Like it doesn't That end. would be a dead giveaway. I, I understand. You cannot that put would up be... a tip jar. It... Don't do that. Don't now, do it. Now, That's hear really me out. Good. Hear me out. <laughs> if you did this like four weekends in a row and people started to like get to know you, <laughs> I'm saying start out <laughs> with just the table and the toaster oven and the, and the bagel bites. Okay. Then. Why is it always bagel bites? This is how we start. Okay. <laughs> then we start. But everybody knows what a bagel bite no, tastes like. But, but there's no limit to how far you go with this. <laughs> Bring back the induction cooktop, skillet, start just going after the prime cut beef and just grilling steaks. Then one day, full stock pot, boiling lobster. There's no end. There's like, there is so many things at Costco. They have pretty good asparagus and like, I guess they have everything to make like baked potatoes. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> you 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 see right? A anything like th this is this is this is I, th this is terrible. Come on.
You see the vision, though. Mm. I've painted a picture. <laughs> this is a picture <laughs> that I do not condone, and I'm going to double down on saying HRCC does not endorse this behavior, and we are not liable for any decisions that you have made as a result of, <laughs> of this I'm podcast. telling you, this is gold. <laughs> nope. Retitle this podcast. <laughs> I don't even know what you want to title this one. Just how to how to impersonate a Costco sample person. That's it. That's it right there. Set up your own sample shop in Costco it, for free. For free. <laughs> Woo. All right. Well, the bias continues. It took me moving back <laughs> to Hamburg, Germany and studying on and off during the panoramic when I had another peak of interest in August 2022 and noticed an open spot for the license at my local <laughs> Bonesh. Bonnet. <laughs> Go ahead. Sound Bonnet de Gunter. Bonnet de Gunter. Office. I finally took the exam and was a proud holder of a German Class E CEPT novice license, which is roughly equivalent to the U.S. general. Congratulations, Tobias. For being able to get to that office that you spelled out the very long word of. <laughs> yes. Well done. I got myself an Anytone HT and hung out on some nets on my local repeaters. Living in an apartment in the city, I'm very antenna compromised and can't really install an HF antenna. Luckily, I stumbled upon Drussenfunker.de. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> A literal translation, outdoor radio operator, a newfound community of German hams that are interested in outdoor operation in parks. Fun fact, one of the founding members is <clears throat> D07JZ, Julius, who previously mailed and called in. Oh, Amazing. wow. What a connection. Very cool. German hams. I love it. I mean, I like all kinds of of german anything meats so they understand that yeah absolutely so very exciting you know what uh and excuse me if this is culturally insensitive but uh i would love to see some hams operate while wearing some lederhosen at oktoberfest is this a thing i need to know it, it we couldn't do that though what because that would be the illegal transmission of music because it would just be the the chicken dance like da da na 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 oh that's all it would be that's illegal to retransmit that yeah but think of the bavarian pretzels oh i love them so much i am uh i i am reminded more often than i expected about jaeger house and i so going away i oh i know it makes me so so sad. good I mean, we have like a little German town, and um, they do a Christmas market, which makes me really want to go to. You're Germany talking about old for world Christmas, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're not so into those things, but I really want to go to a German. Only Christmas. if we can go to the Raskeller. Whatever you want, honey. 
let's just go German market shopping mm. to I buy do like, I do like German presents for your mom. The only person that would appreciate Christmas market gifts. Now, I, it just kind of hit me. How does it, it doesn't it doesn't work like perfectly, but is like German food subtly related to Korean food? How so? Like the cold and the way they use foods? Like fermented sauerkraut things? and no, I think that's just true of all northern countries. Because you have to pickle your harvest so it lasts into the winter. And the way they use meats and stuff? I don't know. Cause they Koreans have lots of sausages too. Do they? Yeah. Not, I don't think more than any other Asian country has sausages, like northern. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, Tobias says, the Drossenfunker folks followed Josh's recommendation on getting new people into POTA or ham radio in general. They extended a low barrier invite to join them in a local park for an activation and to play some radio. Low barrier. That's the answer. Well done. My first HF contact was to Japan. Nice. And it got me hooked on HF and POTA. I quickly pulled the trigger on an FT891, built some antennas, and enjoy POTA whenever I have the time. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Since then, I studied on and off for the license upgrade, but had not reached a high proficiency or scheduled the exam. Your mention of extra by April and an available exam slot motivated me to study intensely for two weekends and take the upgrade exam on March 20th. I passed with a 50 of 51 correct answers Ooh. and am now a licensed German Class A CEPT equivalent to the U.S. Extra. Congratulations. Congratulations and well done. And two weekends. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again for your podcast. Keep up the very entertaining and informative format. 73 DC1 TC Tobias. Well, thank you, Tobias. Well, thank you, Tobias. And you know what? Uh, sorry for the complete derailment of your of your lovely email. <laughs> I was I'm not wrong. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. If you have Costco's in Germany, <laughs> maybe you can do a coda. <laughs> you know how you know how this like really intensifies though is if you do coda mm -hmm. in the parking lot as a diversion no i'm because they will spend so much time trying to figure out what's happening with all the antennas and the radios in the parking lot they won't even notice somebody setting up a sample stand it's true but I'm I'm going to be looking. I, I mean, I seldom go to a Costco or a Sam's Club, but I am going to see it in a whole new light. It's like the wool you're has been taken off you're of my be eyes. Scoping some sample spots. I'm like you're going to be gathering a cart. Of you, you could you could you could run like a tire rotation shop in a Costco. But, I mean, They've they got everything. Have, they already have that though. I, I there, there is no limit to this. <laughs> like I don't even know. <sighs> okay the next email is titled greetings from the mid hudson valley and this is from aaron hello Leah and josh it's been a while since i corresponded with you 
Welcome back to the tower. Thank you. I just earned my general on March 31st. Ooh, we've got a lot of licenses today. Excellent. Congratulations to everyone. And I wanted to share the news with a community that can appreciate it. I tried to get my family excited about this milestone, but their enthusiasm was lacking. Mm. My 10-year-old's response to the news was something like, so you're a dorky general in the <laughs> in the radio army? No respect. Wow. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Kids these days. That's that's harsh. Can't live with them. Can't smack them for disrespect. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's. <sighs> I could definitely see one of our kids saying something like that, though. <laughs> not bad, probably. You can't hit me. You can't hit me. No, not. <laughs> Not that. Like that? No. No. So you're a dorky general in the radio army. Oh, Edison would definitely say something like that. In spite of all that, I am excited. Now I can more fully hit the airwaves with my FT-891 and Wolf River Coil and get involved in POTA. This is lots of POTA love here. Yeah. Anyway, preparedness and COVID made me ham curious. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin made me a ham motivated, but your po- <laughs> your podcast and Josh's videos have gone a long way toward making me a ham enthusiast. Thank you both. Did somebody <laughs> organize for every email to have <laughs> some word? <clears throat> that just befuddles me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whew, this has been a run. Okay. <laughs> I also want to let you know that I am greatly looking forward to season four of The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. I'm particularly interested to see if the investigative team employs any of Josh's suggestions uh, and or tips to investigate the alleged 1.6 gigahertz signal that they made a big deal about last su- season. Can we expect a NAS cameo? I don't think in season I four. don't. They, it all disappeared. They stopped yeah. talking to me. Yeah. Maybe they listened to the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I thought that I would actually be like good on that show because how difficult would it be to like if it's truly that like if you're mystical. gonna dispel the magic you're not good on the show so then that implies that there is no magic because if there really is you know what other show would probably not like you there huh. ghost hunters oh my that's gosh. definitely a show that would not like you there i maybe Mythbusters. no what, what would love about? you it's like science it's like yeah maybe Mythbusters would love you but Anything no, they that hate wants me. To... They're like, why does he keep wanting us to go back to the damn Costco? <laughs> <laughs> no, hear me out. Costco miss. <laughs> Number 54. <laughs> We've done 53 of these. <laughs> you can't just keep making bagel bites. <laughs> They're very inexpensive. <laughs> we'll just buy you some. Just get out of here. Can we do something about radios already? <laughs> I ate a lot of bagel bites as a kid. I know. <laughs> we, we've had this conversation where you think bagel bites are superior to Mama's Celeste pizzas. Oh, so you're... ridiculous. Oh, That's... <laughs> I don't, even, don't even start this. 
This is crazy talk. Mama Celeste, dude. It's not That's good. Like a, a, a it's not mini good. Personal pan pizza. No, it Your is bagel not. bites too much bread. Okay, there's too much bagel to topping. It's and it's never crispy. Oh, you're not doing it right. Yeah, please. You're not doing it. Right. You've never done it right then either, because you have made us bagel bites and they were not crispy. So you shut your mouth. <laughs> Aaron signs off. Love what you two are doing. Please keep it up for as long as you can. Take care. And seventy three is Aaron. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, and congratulations again on your general. The next email is titled British. The sorry, great British cuisine and skyline chili. Oh boy, <laughs> I actually like British food. Well, let's let's read read on. Yeah, and uh, this is this is from MM Seven MCN. Hi, Leia and Josh, James. MM7MCN here again. Once again, thanks for the great podcast, which provides many hours of information, banter, and enjoyment on my otherwise dull commute. Well, thank you for driving along with us. Thank you for listening. As a self-professed chili aficionado, Uh you've got me intrigued by Skyline Chili. You may have found it rather expensive on Amazon, but it's a whole different world over here. The cheapest I found it in UK is just under 25 pounds or $30 a can. Oh, no. Oh. That's like me trying to get buck fast. Oh, man. That's I mean, obviously, that's the whole international shipping thing. Yeah. Yeah. What you need is for China to make Skyline Chili, and then it'll ship dirt cheap. I don't know how they do it, <laughs> but... Uh, Special shipping rates Yeah, you'd have to find, like, an American import store. Yeah, that's Baofeng money right there. Like, a can of Baofeng? I don't know about that trade. No. Yeah. Almost cheaper to fly to Ohio and experience it properly. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Come come to Hamvention. Yeah. I hope to get to Florida in the next few years and see if they have a few locations, one and see they have a few locations, one conveniently close to Disney. No. For now, I will have to try and cook my own version. Skyline is Ohio. I don't know that there's I many mean, they, locations. They might have of, more locations. I'm sure they, they, they probably do, but like they're not in Florida. They're not in Florida. Are you sure? I yeah. think you should check. Okay. Well, you keep reading. I'll keep because all I I assume that there are enough people that come from all over to retire in Florida, that they have one of every chain in Florida, <laughs> just from what is that big retirement home where they use the uh, the mm. poofs as a signaling language? The poofs? What? The bath poofs? What are you talking? You didn't about? hear about the bath poofs in the biggest retirement community in the country no oh keep going keep going oh nobody google that because once you see it you cannot unsee it and that is uncomfortable regarding (gasps) they have one in florida ohio (laughs) indiana kentucky and florida those are the four states i'm looking it up right now there is one in kissimmee all right. Which is by Orlando. There's one by Tampa, St. Petersburg, mm. Naples, 
Mm. Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And one in a Fort Myers. Town? And uh, Cape Coral by Cape Coral. Right. Regarding food, you asked about our best cuisine that originated here. First of all, I have to clarify some geography for Josh. The British Isles consists of a group of islands, mainly Great Britain, England, Scotland, and Wales, Ireland, and many smaller islands. The Isle of Man, the Hebrides, Orkney, the Shetland Islands, and the Channel Islands, to name a few of the 6,000 plus. So nationalist sentiments aside, you can be identified as British from any of these many oh. islands. Okay, well, thank you for the correction. Isle of Man, good uh, letters like always. The Irish might disagree with you, honestly. Yeah, they're not happy about that. Yeah. I don't know if the Scots are in love with it either. It's possible. I, I have uh, quite a few disgruntled Irish friends mm-hmm. <laughs> that, <laughs> that don't have a lot of kind things to say about the crown. No. That aside, we have a truly diverse range of food here from all across the world thanks to historic trade, the British Empire, and more recently, the Commonwealth, which makes it rather hard to pin down truly British dishes, combined with the fact that each region, even towns and cities, have their own local dishes with slight differences from neighboring regions that are hotly contested as the best or the original. Mm -hmm. A favorite of mine as a child visiting relatives in England were Derbyshire oat cakes. Ooh, not to be confused with Staffordshire or Mm -hmm. Lancashire oat cakes. All three are totally different to the Scottish oat cake, more of an oaty flatbread biscuit than the savory pancake of the others. I don't know what these are, but I love oats. So I think I... Okay. Oats are one of my favorite grains. All right. Did you know that? I, I didn't notice you were a horse in like, this <laughs> Oats are only second to rice. For me in the grain category. An oat. Oh no, that's true. You're yeah. a big oatmeal fan. Yeah. Yeah. And I like savory oatmeal. So Yes. So I'm not making cakes out of it. A them, savory oat cake sounds so delightful. To the point I'd say the best of British food is a range of soups from Welsh crawl uh, call, not crawl, call, call, simrig, have fun pronouncing that Leia. Oh, this has been great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To Scottish Cullen Skink, a wonderful, <laughs> thick, smoked haddock dish. Oh, that does sound smoked good. Haddock is fish. Haddock yes. is fish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Stews, including Lancashire hot pot, oh. liver pudlian scouse, roast dinners, roast beef being an English national dish. Wow. And of course, haggish. Haggis, mm-hmm. that's Scottish. Bashed neeps and tatties, turnip and potato, from Scotland. Hmm. I, I I need to have these things. They all sound wonderful. Back to ham radio for just a minute. I do have a question. Okay. Am I right in understanding that in the states you have access to the question pool for each license level, so you could technically brute force your way through and learn the questions rather than the material? Absolutely, yes. that is the whole thing about ham study. Yes. It is the actual questions. Yeah. Our exam questions are kept secret, so we have to learn the syllabus itself. 
and have a good understanding of the technical aspects to pass. To be fair, it's probably easier to learn the material than memorize the many possible questions. That's definitely got to be a hard road road to hoe. That's right. I, I don't know what the syllabus is, but I, I do appreciate that there is a study guide that is available, mm -hmm. yeah, that you can get for um for the UK license. I just thought it was an interesting difference between our systems. Whichever way you do it, you got this, Leia. 73 from MM7MCM. Well, thank you so much, James, for the encouragement. And also, have you considered that maybe if you use the ham study for the equivalent license mm -hmm. in the UK, it could possibly be a study guide enough for you to pass the UK test? No. No, mm. I don't think so. I tried to help. I mean, any of the knowledge you pick up is going to be good, like universally good. But I don't know if it's a solution to that specifically. Sure. The next email is titled FM antenna for two meter. Thanks to the caller about the AM, FM, CB radios and antennas of the 70s. I should have thought about that. Uh, no. This is, uh, I think, from Chris, okay. who is fixing up his car. Yes, but remember, CB is lower frequency. Sure. I just listened to an automotive, uh, automotive podcast discussing those radios, but not the antenna. Mm -hmm. I started Googling, and there's a whole world to investigate with splitters that will operate CB and AM FM. Most of them depend on a resonant CB antenna. I could replace that with a two-meter antenna, and the AM and FM antenna is non-resident, but it doesn't matter as much since it's receive only. Yeah, it's pretty close. So that, that could work. AM reception is not remotely resonant anyway. Depends on the AM FM antenna and it's use and uses a tuner that could be modified for two meters. I do still actually listen to FM broadcast to and from work and in the garage. Mm -hmm. There's commercials and stuff, but it's way more convenient than fiddling with the phone while I'm trying to work on something else. And I do not have unlimited data. Well, I mean, theoretically, you could just use like, I guess, Pandora or Spotify for free and then select whatever station you want. And if you're home, you'd tether off the Wi-Fi instead of the data. So just saying, you don't have to be tied into FM if you didn't want to. I think we already talked about alternatives, but that was a no-go for his Nova. Yes, Nova. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. I know this is definitely an aesthetics over functionality kind of issue. I think a lot of it stems from an, the trend of people modifying these old muscle cars to the point they're basically a brand new car put into an old shell. If you really like the old cars, they worked quite well. And why don't you leave them the way they were? Yeah, I get some solid questions. Best of luck to you. Because it's your... my car. You can't tell me what to do with it. <laughs> No, but I, I do appreciate a nice restored muscle car. All right. Well, thank you for your email and the updates on your progress on your car. Mm -hmm. The next email is titled Ketchup Email, Patches, Vince, and More. And this is from volunteer podcast co-producer Jake. Okay. Evening, folks. KO4JUZ here. I've been busy lately, so I haven't had time to ask ChatGPT com to compose an email lately. Mm. Just kidding. Did you hear that teachers have started seeing chat gpt uh created like yeah. you know 
I'm not essays and things yeah, like that. I'm not surprised at but all. But ChatGPT spits out the same essay mm-hmm. to the prompt. So the teachers noticed because they were getting the exact same yeah. assignment. I'm not back. surprised. Yeah. Because AI is not that smart. Yet. It's a mimic. It's just mimicking human language. That's what it's doing. I wonder what would happen if you took an AI, uh, you gave the prompt to the AI, or whatever, chat GPT or whatever you want to use. Just don't use Bing because apparently it's vindictive. Uh, and you put it into one of those secondary services. That like Take remixes the response, it? Yeah. And if the remix comes out the same too. It doesn't matter. You know, um, most of the software that teachers use now, mm-hmm. they're already enabled with an AI detector. So. Yeah. it's. Now, let me ask you a question. Yes. If you had an applicant for a job, mm-hmm. okay, and you had an AI detector for cover letters or resumes or whatever, mm-hmm. and it flagged a applicant for using AI, would that be a plus or a minus? I don't know. To I'd me, probably, it's a plus. So I probably wouldn't. It, 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 resumes go through like a, one or more human beings before mm-hmm. they get to me mm-hmm. as a hiring manager. Sure. There are people whose entire job it is that find talent. Right. Or vet the applicants before I even see them. Right. right. So whatever their policy was, if I'm still seeing it, it's. Probably. So it was the first one, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's still going to depend on, like, I'm looking for certain skills, right? And I'm not just looking to see C++, but I'm looking to see where they used it, how they deployed it in Mm -hmm. the description of their resume. What if at the bottom of the resume, it said written by AI? Just like blatantly, like just put it out there. And then in the parentheses next to it said, I wrote the AI. Ooh, now that would see? okay that uh, that would be now we're good. getting to it assuming that i needed an ai position yeah you remember west that was like his thing he worked on ai at a couple of different companies now we oftentimes collude machine learning with ai sure and i thought he was on the machine learning side oh maybe how is it different so that is where you do something many, many times and allow the path of success to be found mm-hmm. based off of a subset of requirements. Hmm. So for instance, like running a maze. Oh, just like just like that fungus did, right? Right. Or like playing Mario Brothers. Sometimes we call that like AI. And to a degree, they're in the same umbrella. But often it's like if you have a large enough sample just through a pseudo brute force, you can find the best way to solve the puzzle, if you will, or play Mario Brothers. All right. Well, Jake continues. I like the idea with the rockers. Maybe instead of doing a separate rocker for patch, you can do a different variation of the patch with the rocker shape already attached, similar to how the national EMS patches are. See attached. And there is, I will show this to you like a so. 
Yeah. It's a it's an interesting idea, Jake, but it's I, I feel like it's just too many skews. It all comes back to skews. Yeah. I do like the look of the EMS patches, though. That is yeah. cool. Uh, second, as you may know, I met a fellow ham named Vince during an Aries event. During the pre-event meeting, we all did the stand up and say your name and call sign thing. After it was my turn and finished giving the details of the crossband station I had set up, Vince had asked if I was that Jake to that I proceeded to respond with, probably, did I break something? Vince then clarified he was talking about HRCC, and I said, oh, yep, I guess that's me then. Josh, you had mentioned that uh, I ha you had no idea what I look like. Attaches what I look like in case we ever bump into each other. Here is the picture of Jake, quite a handsome young man. Oh, wow. Right? I don't know what I assumed Jake would look like. Yeah, well, <laughs> You're like, wow, Jake, you could, you could be... In one of those uh, teen dramas. You could be a spokesperson for ham radio. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, have you thought about a YouTube? <laughs> maybe yeah. some TikToks, tickety tacks. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the clocks. The yeah. Clock. <laughs> uh, while it's still around, I guess. Everybody yeah, commit needs to... fully to something that could disappear. Well, I mean, <sighs> the Restrict Act, man. Even Candace Owens is against it. The, you know how like they're like there has been nothing that has received of, as much bipartisan support as this restrict act and it's like oh have you ever God. seen anything that has ever seen such bipartisan resistance right restrict act like <laughs> bipartisan agreement against this is how the, the new act. party is born <laughs> the, the um i don't we don't like each other that much but we hate you a lot more party mm -hmm. <laughs> the I have just realized mm -hmm. that the upper echelons of political government, mm -hmm. they're all the worst. Regardless of which party <laughs> yes, you're in. Yes. And uh, we should rise up and empower Gen Z with their, you know, that boomers are going to basically lose the vote, I think they said, in in the next election cycle. Mm -hmm. because uh, Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z mm -hmm. will be able to shift the number of voters. Okay. And I just want everybody out there to exercise this power wisely. It doesn't matter how upset you are at previous generations. Okay. The decisions you make will impact us all. Yeah, don't do anything based off of, like, past aggressions. And I, I want to be extremely clear that however you think a law that you are voting into place is going to be implemented, mm -hmm. it will likely be not the way you want it done. Uh, 100%. <laughs> if you have any sense of, like, purity... Like, I want my vision to be exactly as the way mm. I envisioned it. Don't get into politics. Because in the end, that law has to be written into regulations. And that is where everything That's where you take a thousand absorbed. cuts. Yes. Yes. Ugh. God. It just, it, just thinking about it, I don't feel clean. 
And the biggest thing I want everybody to really consider whenever they're passing any kind, like they're voting on anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is extremely important. Over 50% of our economy is in fact based on small businesses. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about regulations against businesses, right? Right. Imagine how that will be placed on mom and pop businesses. This is very important because every time there's something punitive that is passed. Right. We, we got to do something to stop Walmart. Mm -hmm. It's always going to affect the mom and pops. And then first. empowers Walmart more because Walmart has better resources to get than around the mom it. and pops yes. to comply yes. with whatever it is yes. or circumvent it. Oftentimes, the best politicians are the one who lets go of their hangups on that mm -hmm. kind of stuff mm -hmm. because you cannot, you cannot like throw a pebble into a into a, a lake like a still body of water without yeah. the ripples affecting the thing that you had no intention of messing with and you can't be like okay then we won't we won't apply it to sole proprietors but we will apply them to s corps or c corps or whatever but that's the problem even mom and pops have established their companies as s corps mm -hmm. to protect themselves legally and as a tax strategy right so it's very difficult to extricate so consider the amount of lobbyists and legal maneuvering that big corporations can do once it's regulation time yep and they will ensure that whatever ends up being regulatorily passed if not explicitly stated in the bill will result in mom and pop businesses being Suffering. penalized. Yes. Literally yes. picking winners and losers. And I also want to bring up this point. Oh, please. About landlords. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, this will be great. Everybody's against landlords right now on a, the internet. A vast majority of properties that are are like owned are people's retirement plans. Okay. So if you decide to be punitive with landlords, imagine that a little bit like somebody cutting off a portion of your 401k. Mm -hmm. And all of those, like every single one of those major corporations that you're so upset about, mm -hmm. right? They were empowered by people who had these nine to five corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. Whereas the mom and pops, they went out, they took a risk with their life savings, mm -hmm. right? And most of them, because they didn't have a 401k type vehicle, remember this, that like the the people who work nine to fives get a tax break, a, a reduction in their taxable income with 401k contributions. Mm -hmm. Most mom and pops are not able to do that. So they have to find an investment vehicle for that will allow them to retire. Right. Because they don't have group plans right. like 401ks. Right. Right. So and you can say, oh, well, they can use a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. That limits how much they can invest. And a lot of businesses take a good amount of time before they're turning a substantial enough profit right. for people to start putting away for retirement. Mm -hmm. And by that time, they can be completely priced out of a Roth for sure. 
Right. And for a like a traditional IRA, there's also like staggered limits. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, that's not tax-free contribution either on a traditional IRA. Oh, right. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. You, you've broken yourself out of the, uh, right. the tax-free money. And so really the only vehicle they have is... An asset. Yeah, exactly. So don't be so punitive on landlords either unless you want all of these elderly people who a lot of them are immigrants. I mean, this is this is kind of the major issue if and particularly on the left, people are like, oh, I I hate landlords, blah, blah, blah. But. I am in favor of like immigrants getting fair treatment. <laughs> right, right, well, right. That's kind of what the bulk of the immigrants in this country had to do. Right. Because they came over, their degrees in their own country were worthless. And Let alone some of them not even documented necessarily. Yeah. And they couldn't afford college here. Right. So they went and started businesses. Right. And yeah. good point. And the only way they could save was by like scraping by until they could save up enough to put into a property because they felt like that would be the safest way to grow their money. Mm-hmm. You know, so just, I mean, let's, I'm, I'm not saying not do anything. I'm saying be real careful. Think more than one time. Be real careful when you look at a bill. That you understand it. Don't believe just the whatever the pamphlet says. Oh, yes. They're please. almost never named properly. Right. Right. And on top of the naming being off, they're never in depth enough. Mm-hmm. So look at look at the fine print because we already know the game is let's make this look really good in the name of the bill and right. the main things we tell you about. And then let's slip in. All of these problematic things, it definitely undermined the purpose of the bill. Right. Right. And they call them, well, we had to make concessions. No, you made massive loopholes mm-hmm. that don't fulfill the intention of the bill or what the voters were voting for. And it, again, just incentivizes the people with the abilities to just circumnavigate that. Yeah. it's So really think about it. that's I'm off my soapbox now. Just yeah, right at the end yeah. here. You got to decide to <laughs> All right. Well, as for the mandatory. Soapboxes available at the Costco. That's not true. They have soapboxes. I mean, boxes that not ones you could stand on, though. I bet you I could find a, a box of soap that I could stand on. Like once it's empty? Because most soapboxes don't have soap in them. Don't be. When you're... See, now you're trying to create rules. <laughs> That hurt the little guy. (laughs) As for mandatory ham radio content, I have realized the other day that I've never activated a park before, Jake says. Oh. I've crashed many activations at my park before, and usually once they realize I'm not shutting them down and I am a ham too, they usually give me a few turns at radio. So four months late... I decided that my ham's resolution this year is to complete a POTA activation start to finish. Good. Hey, Connor, can I borrow one of your radios? (laughs) Maybe. Anyways, this is KO4JUZ signing off for now. 73's your corresponding volunteer podcast co-producer, Jake. Thank you, Jake.
Appreciate it. Thanks, Jake. And really, Jake, a real face for video. Yeah. (laughs) Very handsome young man. All right. The last. It's the final email. That's the way you said that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Keeping you on your toes with that control board. Okay. The last email is titled One X Crew and Extra Shirts. And this is from Nathan, volunteer podcast uh-huh. co-producer. Okay. Back at the... Back, back at, at the last. Back at the last. Yeah. Uh, to the hams that talk, sell shirts, and occasionally make new designs to sell, greetings. Jake's email reminded me... <laughs> Good co-producing. Well done. Reminded me that I just received my new HRCC extra shirt and the 1X crew shirt Ooh. the other day. I just need to wash them and get the manufacturing vinegar smell out of them. I know that Josh knows what I look like. At least I hope he has somewhat of a recollection. I do, yes. You never know these days. The mind is a tricky thing. Slippery. Well, I mean, Josh is getting older. It's true. I just for sure, but just in case, I will include a late night quick pick of one of my new shirts. And I will show you this here. It looks great on you, Nate. Yeah. Well done. Loving it. Okay. And that is 73's K1 MAZ Nathan. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. School guidance counselor. This is part merch idea, mostly a pun that we somehow haven't tripped over yet unless I have forgotten. A com badge. Oh, yeah. The shirts actually have something like a com badge if it is a two-sided one anyway. And in the right spot. Carry on. Back to the man behind the curtain. What a callback. Nighty night. And there's a follow-up. Oh, yeah. 84 days. That's two months and 23 days. Nate the Great. K1. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Nate, for the wonderful reminder. I really appreciate it. Indeed. Pressure's on. Yeah, you're getting... you're, you're You're doing some stuff. I mean, I guess I could just study on over spring break. Yeah. Let's get it done. I just have quarter end. Go ahead. Go ahead. Make it happen. Okay. Well, everybody, we thank you again for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73. 